It's the Truck Show Podcast, episode number 207. I'm Lightning, he is Holman, and Holman, I think we're going to run long. I think this show is already too jam-packed full of- Define uh, long, because- Long? Yeah, is it two and a half hours, four hours? I'm going to say it's, uh, no, actually, I'm going to say it's within an hour 45, hour We've been trying to hit two. Two is sort of the sweet spot. I feel bad if we go over two. I feel like I'm shortchanging you if we're around an hour and a half, so... It's not about length. That's what she said. It's more about the quality, right? Oh, you mean the quality when you use the same old tired drop that you do <laughs> show after show. Got it. Uh-huh. Got yeah. it. What are we doing on this episode? Because this is 207. We have been at this for uh, almost four years now. And uh, somehow, through uh, uh, amazingly the grace of God, we have not run out of content. Uh, it's true because people like Toyo believe in us. Okay. Uh, we've got Todd Borgeson, who is the senior product planner for light truck tires at Toyo, and as, as everyone may know, we're Toyo fans. Toyo so, makes a great tire, one of the uh, one of the best in the business. So we got them to uh, come on. So Todd's going to talk to you about the anatomy of a tire, what what makes a Toyo great, and uh, why you should uh, put Toyos on your truck. And we're going to find out how much air you should put in your tires, which is very important. <laughs> uh, we're also going to uh, check in on the news <laughs> inbox and then listen to your uh, five star calls with the uh, contest to win the California car cover. So we'll uh, play some of our favorite ones out of there. But before all that, we got to get into thanking Nissan for supporting mm-hmm. the show. So Nissan, thank you very much. You can emphasize thank you by adding very much. It shows a little more gratitude. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you're in the market for a half-ton or half-ton-plus truck, you want to head on down to your local Nissan dealer where you check out the Titan or Titan XD with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Hey, if you're off-road, you might want to check out the Pro 4X, which gets you the uh, locker and the Bilsteins, or maybe you want to look at the Platinum Reserve if you like really uh, buttery soft seats and uh, that really awesome uh, Fender audio system. All sorts of options to choose from, all the way from S. SVSL, Pro 4X, and uh, Platinum Reserve. That's a lot of options. Go to uh, NissanUSA.com where you can build and price. And hey, Titan's not the only truck in the portfolio. You can check out that new mid-sized Nissan Frontier. What a great little truck. Best in class horsepower, 310 from a 3.8 liter V6. And, and you not- can also get that uh, Fender audio system in the Frontier. That's right. And it's backed by a nine-speed automatic transmission. You get Utilitrack of the bed, spray-on bed liner. All the things you expect out of a little truck. A lot of value right there. Again, NissanUSA.com. All right, so Lightning, if I am experiencing pedal lag, pedal latency, and I want there to be a crisper throttle tip-in when I push on the pedal, is there a solution out there that is plug-and-play <laughs> that will solve these problems for me and make my truck feel like it has a whole lot more power? Uh, yes, thank you for teeing me up. Yes, it's called the Banks Pedal Monster, and it solves so many issues. Whether you have a naturally aspirated car truck or you've got a turbo diesel, it will get rid of that pedal lag. And it's got 30 levels of adjustments, all the way from stock, city, sport, and track. Each one of those, city, sport, and track, have 10 levels of, of adjustment. Maybe in city mode, you want there to be a, a crisp throttle response off the line, but you don't want to be doing a burnout. And if you're at steady state while you're on the highway, maybe 50% throttle, you don't want it so sensitive that it's a jerky ride. But then if you hit wide open throttle to pass on a two-lane road, you want it to be restored again. So what you guys are doing is having this adaptive curve that isn't linear, that changes throughout the pedal travel so no matter what you're doing, you've got the right pedal mapping and the right response. That's exactly right. And we're compensating for the dead spots. Think of it like a uh, equalizer on your home stereo where you can tune out the dead spots, right? There's a patent that goes along with this pedal monster. It's very important. Active safety and reverse safety are covered under this patent. What does that mean? In all other throttle boosters on the market, and I mean 100% of them, when you put your truck or car in reverse, Holman, you have full sensitivity backwards. 
which might not be safe, right? You're, you're, you're docking up against your uh, your fifth wheel. Maybe your kids are playing behind you on their bicycles, and you go... You mean you don't want track 10 in reverse? You do not want track 10 in reverse. So what you're saying is the Bakes Pedal Monster puts it back to stock sensitivity, so it's exactly what you want for backing up and those maneuvers where you need to line up a trailer or any of those types of things. As soon as you put it into drive, the vehicle knows, and the Bakes Pedal Monster is ready to go with... That new pedal map. It's the only one that has these features. So, again, you guys have pedal lag, especially if you've got an eco diesel, you really need this. So, <laughs> Pedal Monster, you'll find for over 100 cars and trucks at bankspower.com. And don't forget, you can control it either through a free mobile phone app or through the Banks iDash. Do you mind if we start the show? Uh, I don't. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman Hey, uh, Holman, I have a question for you. Did uh, Sean Moore ever get back with you? Nope. So uh, you needed the powder coating done on that? Because uh, I never, I didn't hear from him either. Uh, he usually is pretty good about it. I personally didn't follow up. I figured leaving him a voicemail from the show itself would like maybe uh, spur him to call me back. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to give him money. We don't carry any weight. That's I'm the problem. trying to trade him money for a service. My money is green. I want to hand him some money and then have something happen in return. Do you want to call him? Uh, should we do it right now? Yeah, why not? All right. Sean. Hey, I need more toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of that. Hey, thanks for freaking returning make- my call, you butthead. I'm- you know what? I'm just trying to give you bigger, money. Bigger name, bigger name on the other line. <laughs> yeah, well, you may have a bigger name, but he wants something for free. I want to pay you. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, what the hell? You bought a uh, powder coat shop. How do I not know this? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy it completely. I invested in it okay. to give these guys a hand. But yeah, we we uh, ventured off into powder coating now. So, do you like have a sandblaster and then you powder coat stuff? <laughs> We have a vapor blaster, a sand blaster, so speed, so if I, everything. I brought you five eighty-year-old wheels, that steel wheels. You can. Man, bla- I was hoping you're going to say women. You can. <laughs> <laughs> that would be odd if I brought you five eighty-year-old women. But uh-huh. eighteen to eighty is my motto. <laughs> if you, uh, if <laughs> you are looking to have tea, sure. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. I, I've got my old uh, 1942 GPW project, and it's got the original uh, factory steel wheels on it, and they are completely roached with like 18,000 layers of paint, and I just need them blasted. I want them powder coated and gloss black so I can put some new tires on them. No problem. Yeah? Easy enough. I, I guess uh, text me what that would cost me in uh, Cold Hard Benjamins so I know what to bring you. Uh, but I you see, I, I'm, a, I'm now addicted to that rain energy drink, and I like white gummy. <laughs> so uh, bring you a pallet. So it's a trade. Bring, bring me a pallet. Now, why rain? Because you you used to be the monster guy until you started ha- having heart palpitations. Yeah. Then yeah. Then it took me under, and then. Uh, By the way, Holman, that is true. He had he drank yeah, so much no, monster. Not good. 
It's not so I was you. I was I was racing off road and doing uh and, ra- and racing inside. <laughs> yeah, my heart was racing and I was racing. Yeah, that stuff will kill you. But rain has no sugar <laughs> and it's uh it's vitamin B and it's a little bit healthier. And- It'll still kill you if you have enough of it. All right, so here's the deal. I, I it's, it's out getting fabbed uh, some stuff fabricated. When I get it back, okay. I'm putting it up on jack stands, pulling the uh, wheels, getting the old in- tubes and tires pulled off. In the meantime, I'm going to bring you a case of that stuff and just leave it on the porch of your house. And then uh, when I get the wheels in, let me know where to drop them off. Because I'm, I'm serious. I need to get that done. And I hate the powder coater by me. They're a bunch of tools, and I don't like doing business with them. I'm <laughs> You're like, going to drive out of Long Beach. Or out of, sorry, sorry. You're going to drive out of Huntington Beach. Yes. 23 miles to Long Beach to yes. get your powder coating done and drive past five powder coaters? I like it. Yes, because my friend Sean is an investor there. I'd rather go to We're give business big. to my buddy than give business to the guy down the street who's you know half crazy. Well, I, I, there's somebody that you might know that has some work done by us firsthand, and he can tell you the quality of our I work. I can. It's Amazing. All in prep. Amazing work, yep. Four wheels on a brand new 21 BMW. They were they had machine finishes, uh-huh. which my wife did not like, and she's like, no, these need to be all black, all murdered out. I'm like, but they're mostly black. She's like, no, they have to be all black. So not only did we bring the wheels to him, we brought the freaking car down to a shop. Yeah, see, I'm not going to do that to you because I don't want to take up your space yeah, in the shop. Yeah, I don't shop. want that thing in the shop. It'll run people off. Well, you, you, well there's so many rat like. turds you might get hantavirus, and it's, it's right. no good. You know, there's, There should only be one virus running around right now, and it's, it shouldn't be what comes yeah. out of my old Jeep. Listen, I'm going to put it up on, uh, on Jack's in the garage. I'm going to bring you the wheels, and then I just want to get him all the old layers. I mean, the thing's been painted, I'm not kidding, like 20 times. So you I just, just want them stripped? I just you want, want them, to just... Yeah, stripped and then powder-coated gloss black. Why gloss black and not yeah, like a, a satin? Semi yeah, semi, a satin or maybe even a Cerakote. Cerakote won't work too well on the on the wheel. Yeah, Cerakote in black is not good. Cerakote on the wheel is okay. if you. There's two products. Uh, Cerakote has a non-UV and a UV inhibitor. One is an air-dry product. One is an oven-baked product. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cerakote's good for wheels, especially aluminum ones, with the UV product uh, because it bakes at a much lower temperature. But there's a certain process that you have to go through that. For what I'm doing on a steel wheel in black, because Cerakote in black doesn't look good in a wheel application. They just fade over time. They're not great. Some of the Cerakote colors are okay. So I just want freaking durable black powder coat on my wheels. Yeah, semi. Yeah, okay, so sure. Yeah, semi's probably fine. The real fine scratches on gloss stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Semi's fine because it's going to be going off-road and stuff. It doesn't, you know, it's 80 years old, and it's got the patina of like a 120-year-old. It's literally trying to return to Earth in my garage right now. <laughs> Actually, in Brandon Nave's garage, but it's returning to the Earth on its own, and it doesn't need to be like the world's best job. I but here's the thing: for me personally, you could have the oldest, crustiest, nastiest vehicle if it has shiny headlights, good glass, and a couple little bright spots and of, nice of wheels. It, then the patina is even radder. So I'm leaving the body all all roached and gnarly. I put a a, a CJ3B windshield frame on it. And that is black, and so I want the windshield frame and the wheels to match, just so when you see how gnarly it is, you kind of go, "Oh, somebody still cared a little bit." Yeah, well, at least mechanically, it's safe. Well, somewhat. Well, not, not really yet. Not it's yet. G- getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> it's going to take a little. I may, uh, knowing that you have the ability to uh, to blast, I may like bring you an axle housing at some point. And go, hey, can you uh, just blast this and also powder coat it for uh, me? How big is the uh, the oven? Is it big enough to uh, to do an axle? The new oven I just ordered is. Uh, Large enough to do a, a VW pan. 
Oh yeah, oh, then okay. it's big enough yes. for a, a flat fender axle okay. shaft or, or axle. Yeah, we do nine inch housings. Dude, these do. things are like fifty inches wide, so it's that's fine. It'll, okay, it'll be good. But, okay, so when Holman drops off the wheels on your doorstep, wherever he's putting no, them, no, in, no, the wheels guys... I'll bring to the shop. Oh. the rain I'll bring to his doorstep, and gotcha. then just we'll figure it out. But dude, I want I want to give you money. I want to get you know or or product, however you want to do that, and then get some black wheels out of it so I can make this thing a little freshy. Fresh. Well, I was just gonna say, make sure that um that the the shop. Puts it on their Instagram so he can reshare and we can uh, put it out on yeah. the, at Truck Show Podcast. Yeah, that, that's what we're. That's what we'd like. We would like to get some exposure. All right, so that's the angle. You're getting exposure on Truck Show Podcast on my personal page, which is full of lots of local people who need powder coating, and then also you want a uh, gummy bear rain uh-huh. heart juice. What hey, hey, heart, <laughs> heart juice? Hey, Sean, what's going on over there? What are you building the transmission? What's that noise in the background? I am actually assembling a transmission right now for a '69 bay window. Bus. How, how did you know? That's the third gear that you heard. Oh, listen to that. It sounds just like it does inside the vehicle. <laughs> All right, brother. Oh, this we'll, is, uh, hey, this is an off-road vehicle. If you want to, if you want to do a little shakedown. Why is it a Baja bus? It's a. I call it the Baya, which is a bay window Baja bus. That's rad. I, I want to know more. If you call call him directly and give me a fifty-five gallon drum, and we'll just do an IV. <laughs> and I love when a grown man's like, "Give me gummy bear." Uh-huh. <laughs> he's not he's not scared. He's no, not he's scared. Not, he's I think you do, Sean, don't you plan to take that Volkswagen like overlanding? Yeah, this is going to be a full overlander. It's got solar, it's got Sweet. Every, anything you can think of like what they're doing with all these sprinters? Yeah, you're doing with it's a bus. just like that. Yeah, it's going to Sweet. All right, I like it. I should I should do more. Maybe I should do a YouTube channel. You should. Maybe we should do a podcast. You know, I know the Bay uh, truck podcast. Yeah, oh, I, I know a guy that you could do it with. <laughs> On Tuesdays? <laughs> Are you saying you're going to get rid of me and you can do it with him? No, I was going to let him come in and, and take care of it because, you know, he also knows more about uh, cars and trucks than you do. Oh, man. We got to go. We got to go. I own six. Show's, show's <laughs> over because I'm leaving. All right, brother. Well, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in touch. Thanks for uh, answering yeah, our call this time. We're ready when you are. We can, we, can, uh, we can dip them, chemically dip or blast and strip them. Beautiful. So we can straighten them. We can do everything in-house. We do it all day. Dude, listen to that. Hey, what's the Instagram handle for raw? Raw powder coating. All right. Well, that's right. simple. That's you so heard simple. it here. Okay. Got it. All right, Sean. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Raw, right. Sorry. A raw underscore powder coating. Ah, yeah, there that you makes go. all the difference. <laughs> raw underscore powder coating. Right. The other one, raw, raw was a, it went to an adult deal. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have you uh, back on after uh, you complete my wheel so that we can talk firsthand experience about how awesome it is. But also, that's me just hedging my bet that you're going to do a good job. If he's still alive after the intravenous supply uh, of, of, uh, of rain. Of rain. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have my own uh, defibrillator on the wall, so don't worry about me. <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'm stoked that a uh, friend of the show, Sean Moore, the one I bought a $1 uh, pickup truck to uh, <laughs> that I gave to you. And then I gave it away. That you gave away uh-huh. uh, real good. Uh, I'm glad that uh, he's going to be able to help me with the GPW project because uh, new wheels and tires on that thing? Going to be awesome. Holman, how do you feel about uh, talking tires? I happen to really like tires. <laughs> they're really, uh, They're really great. Uh-huh. And uh, every could you, vehicle... Could, could, could you live without them? Every vehicle needs a good tire, Lightning. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're uh, slammed, lifted, or stock. It's tires that get you down the road, my friend. It's a uh, well-made tire. It's a tire with uh, good compound and uh, multiple plies, both in the sidewall and the tread. It's a tire that doesn't have a lot of squirm, but also is resilient to bruising and uh, sidewall bubbles and uh, pinch flats and things like that. It's a tire that makes uh, copious amounts of uh, smoke when uh, 
heat it up while rotating at speed and uh, gooing and melting all over itself like a grilled cheese sandwich that has been on the skillet way too long. I want a tire that, when it heats up, starts to make that copious amount of smoke lighting. I want a tire that starts to melt asphalt right on down to the whatever that base foundation they lay before they throw the tar on it. That's what I want, lightning. I want a tire that can uh, spread 60,000 miles of uh, tire pellets on the inside of my uh, wheel well. (laughs) Or a tire that can uh, take an 8,000-pound truck that gets hucked over the Grand Canyon and land the other side unscathed. You know what? I think I know just the tire for that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Friends at Toyo, they make a mighty fine tire. They make several mighty fine tires. I think we I should feel like call. I robbed you right out of a Western from the 70s. I think we should call our friend Todd Burgesson, the senior manager of light truck tires over at Toyo, and uh, have him tell us why his tires are so round, why they take such little weight, why a tire that's so good can be made. <laughs> Today's technology... This is the worst intro ever. <laughs> just, just How long now. were you going to go on? I just, don't know. Until I, I, I wasn't going to stop you. All right. Well, I just <laughs> felt like we... I, I, I was channeling uh, something. I don't know what. It was inside I think, me. I feel like we need a Dennis Quaid you know, voice out of you, right? Oh, maybe. Maybe. All right. All right. D- dial up Todd. Here we go. Hello, Todd? That's me. Todd Bergeson, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic because we get to talk to the senior product planner of Light Truck Tires at Toyo. That's why we're awesome. <laughs> but first, we're going to make your night a little bit worse by playing a really horrible jingle for you. No, so, don't, don't set it up oh, like that. Oh, no, we're going to play an awesome jingle I mean, for t- you. Todd, intro. everyone gets a jingle, so we apologize in advance. Don't move. It's time for you to share what you do. So it was that's not one of our worst. No, it's definitely not our worst. <laughs> not our best either, but it's not one of our worst. <laughs> so Todd, we're talking tires. And um, as you know, well, maybe you don't know. Both Holman and I have uh, tires. fairly... Ex- well, we have, we have tires. vehicles with tires on well, them. Th- yes, yes. If we didn't, we'd be on the side of the road crying. Uh, but we both have fairly extensive experience with Toyo tires. I have been a fan of Toyo for 20 years, showing my age. Yep. But how about you, Holman? Uh, probably about the same. I mean, I've the open country in my side of the business is huge. The open country MT is, is a great tire. And what I'm really excited about is uh, how great the new uh, Open Country AT3 is. And I've had some experience uh, wheeling on it and put those on a, a buddy of mine's vehicle. And uh, those things have been absolutely phenomenal in terms of uh, on-road comfort and, and durability off-road and traction, all that kind We've of stuff. We've talked about Toyo like a lot on this show yeah. over the last you know 550 episodes or however we're, many whatever we've Whatever we're at, exactly. yeah. Hey, Todd, before we talk Toyo, can you give us a little backstory uh, as to who you are and how you got into this jam? Well, yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm a, an enthusiast, a lot like you guys. Um, I, I love the outdoors. I love off-roading. I've been a fan of Toyo tires a lot longer than I've worked for Toyo tires. Uh, I've been in the automotive industry for a, for a very long time. I, in high school, I started off as an apprentice uh, working at a stop. Uh, a, 
automotive shop and then worked my way up to a uh, ASC master certified uh, technician. Went to school in uh, Pittsburgh State. I quickly learned uh, when I was in school that I wanted to go work for Toyota Motor Sales. So I kind of tailored my my class schedule and, and my degree so that I could get a job at Toyota. I spent about 15 years working for Toyota, in, and I had all the best jobs that uh, that company offers, I feel so like. Were, so were Some you at corporate? Were you a corporate or, or at a dealership? Absolutely. I was at corporate in okay. uh, Torrance, California. So I, I started off working in alternative fuels. I moved into um, product quality, uh, powertrain engineering, and uh, went out into the field working for Lexus, and then eventually worked my way back to the headquarters office um, in the product planning department, where I had the opportunity to work on FJ Cruiser, Forerunner, Land Cruiser, and uh, my, my favorite vehicles that the company makes. So I feel really blessed to have had all those wonderful opportunities. And Did you ever run across our friend uh, Ted Moncure while he was there at TRD? I'm good friends with Ted Moncure, and I know you guys are too. So yeah. yeah, great, great guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's good people. So what made you make the jump from Toyota to Toyo? Was it the move to Texas? No, no. It was a, just a, a few letters less. <laughs> well, yeah, it was easier to write his email out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just less strokes. Um, no, it, it, it had everything to do with the company moving to Plano. And um, I, I wasn't necessarily 100% opposed to it, but I'll just say pl- living in Plano or moving my family there wasn't really on my bucket list of places to live. <laughs> and uh Toyo called me up because I was actually working with, you know, Toyo tires on our uh, TRD Pro Forerunner program. So I got to know some people and they called me and asked if I would be interested in staying in Southern California. And the rest is history. And you went home and told your wife, uh, <laughs> we get to stay. We're good. <laughs> yeah, unpack those boxes. Let's, we're staying. That's awesome. So what is it that uh, that makes uh, Toyo tires so good? And, and I'll, I'll preface that by saying, from my off-road experience, there's a few things I really like about Toyo. It seems like the compounds are, are long-wearing. The the carcasses themselves are really tough. Um, they're made right here in America. But one of the things I think separates Toyo from a lot of brands is just how round they are. I've had 35s and 37-inch tires from Toyo that took less than an ounce or an ounce and a half of weight, which is really hard to do on a big luggy tire. But to me, it's always been about the quality with Toyo and, and the manufacturing is, tolerances are very precise. That, that's exactly right. I, I remember you, you said you've been a fan for 20 years. I've been a fan for you know, 20, 21 years as well. And I aspired to someday own some open country MTs for my own Land Cruiser back in the day. So uh, it was, you know, I'm on, on the different forums looking at what other people are doing on their vehicles and, uh, what their experience is with the different tires. And as you know, in the off-road world, we're always looking for somebody else's feedback before we make a big, you know, investment. And there was so much positive, you know, feedback on the Toyo tires. And I, I really wanted a set. Well, when I started at the company, I, that that's the first thing I asked, um, you know, my boss at the time, what, what is it that sets us apart from all the other brands? And he said, it's our manufacturing process and our plant in white Georgia specifically uses a, uh, what we call atom technology. And and essentially we're extruding the rubber onto the tire as the tire is being built rather than making extruding a sheet of rubber and then having somebody manually place it 
onto the building drum and make sure everything lines up. It's all done by um, computers and you end up not having all the large, heavy overlapping joints. Without those, those big, heavy overlaps, uh, you're able to have a very true, very round tire, but at the same time, the weight is distributed very evenly throughout the, you know, the green tire, which eventually gets molded into a, a final pattern. Th that's kind of what really sets us apart. Um, our compounding, uh, you know, we have some really phenomenal engineers that, you know, do our, our compounding and we're constantly coming up with new compounds to uh, improve the performance and make sure that uh, we have very competitive products out there. Uh, that meet the demands of our consumers. I want to go back to something you you kind of glossed over. Did you say Atom, like A T O M? Was that an acronym for the the manufacturing process? What does that stand yeah, for? Yeah, that that's um, our automated um, uh, tire building process. So I'm guessing that's a, a proprietary process within Toyo, and probably uh, a closely guarded secret of how you guys do it. Yeah, exactly. So it's something that we don't let just anybody come into the plant to see you know all the equipment so a lot of brands will use some sort of automated tire building process these days but uh it's something that is unique to us and uh and closely guarded i wanted to ask you todd about the anatomy of a tire i think we all just assume that we know how a tire is built and what the parts are of a tire most of us know how to read the sidewall of a tire, right? We know the uh, the profile, the aspect ratio, et cetera. Speed rating, size, load Things, rating. I think we know that stuff. stuff. We assume we know that stuff, right? But I don't think that we, and I didn't fully understand until I got a press release recently when you guys released the AT3 and I was at work and we did a little video because we put them on one of our Ram trucks, et cetera. But I didn't really understand what the sipes were, the stone ejecting blocks, the staggered shoulder lugs. These are words that I'm just throwing out there that mean nothing to anyone until you explain what they are. Can we walk through some of just the the building blocks of the tire? Yeah, I think that um, it's it's kind of tough to to just talk about it where you're not actually showing the tire. But I realize like that st yeah. stone ejectors. For I'll do my best. But stone ejectors are essentially uh, a raised block between the the tread blocks that's meant to help you know, prevent a stone from staying in the, uh, in between the blocks and drilling its way into the, yeah, think of it as like a, uh, a pyramid or a block inside the, you know how, when the tread wears down, your tire's flat. Yes. So down in those recesses of the tread blocks, as they come together, you can think of maybe some geometric shapes coming together and leaving like maybe a parallelogram or a triangular void that's between the tread blocks. So they're like these little tall pyramids or little tall blocky things that as the tire's flexing and stuff, it just basically pokes to keep the rocks from being jammed into the So tread. it's kind of like your skin pushing a splinter out. Uh, sh okay, sure. sure. Right? Sort of. Weird, sort but of, I yeah. guess we could go with that. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when it comes to stone ejectors, the reason that we have those is that that's something that really can easily damage a tire. If you have a rock that's drilling its way you know, down into the tire, if it makes its way down into the steel belts and it, it allows moisture to get in. That's when corrosion will start on the steel belts and it'll eventually um, weaken the bond between the, the rubber and the steel belt and eventually lead to uh, you know premature removal of that tire due to the damage. 
kind of some of the questions that Lightning asked you, I think we should circle back to because what we didn't talk about is just the construction of the tire. You know, there's there's poly cords, there's you know rubber, there's steel belts, uh, there's there's caps that wrap around. I think what Lightning was talking about is more of like the the tread features, uh, rim protector and stone ejectors and things like that. But let's talk about the interplay of uh, of the plies, the different materials that go into it. And then also, I think it's important for people to understand that uh, things like speed ratings are precise. So an S or a Z, they mean something to everybody. But low rating is actually a little bit different and can mean something to different manufacturers. So it's it's not exactly always apples to apples in the tire world, which is one of those weird things. So a lot of it has to do with the construction and then also the load rating of the tire and how it's built. So are you asking him to gloss over my questions in favor of yours? No. Oh. I'm asking him to build the foundation <laughs> so okay. we can circle back to your questions because your questions ah. build on top of the tire construction. I want to give people an idea of, of why certain plies are used. What is a three versus a two? What's a poly? What's a steel? Let's, let's, let's drill down to the actual carcass of a tire and then we'll move to Lightning's uh, tread questions. When developing a tire, there, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. As you mentioned, you know, load and speed ratings are very important. When we are developing our size list, um, it becomes more and more difficult every year because the OEM manufacturers are increasing the speed ratings that they have on a lot of their you know trucks these days, and you know especially with some of the lower profile uh, and larger rim diameter products that are coming out. But what what it really comes down to the construction of the tire, we have um, LT metric. Uh, which are meant for light trucks, you know, three-quarter ton trucks and, and larger. And then we have hard metric or P-metric. So you can tell the difference between uh, a P-metric because there'll be a, a leading P before the tire size. And then a hard metric will have no letters in front of the tire size. So it would start, for example, like 295, uh, 70, 17, for example. And when we're developing you know, what goes into uh, the construction of a, uh, an LT metric tire, for example, uh, generally we'll have two steel belts and the steel belt, the wire used on an LT metric, I guess the major difference between an LT metric and a hard or passenger metric uh, would be the diameter of the wire used in the belt package. So you have much uh, heavier duty steel wires and on the P-metric, you have a smaller diameter. Think of it like a, a mechanical pencil, like if you had a number seven or a number five, it's it's a bigger difference than that thickness, but um, the smaller diameter would be uh, for a passenger vehicle. What we have is um, multiple different uh, denier of fabric that is used for the body plies themselves. And we can really tune the uh, handling characteristics and the uh, load carrying capacity and everything by how, you know, the fabric that we use, um, how how many plies we use, how high after it goes around the bead wire and comes back up on the outside of the, the sidewall side, how high it goes up. The, there's a lot that goes into uh, the design of the bead, the shape of the, the bead apex that will add to um, handling and performance and, uh, you know, rigidity or, you know, whatever you're, if you're going for ride comfort, you tune all of that into the construction of the tire. Let me stop you there real quick. Just, uh, I want people to understand when you talk about the compromise and making these decisions on the tire, 
for example, a flotation size. Let's take a pretty common 35, 1250, R17. That's a pretty common tire. Mm-hmm. That's a, a pretty standard, or maybe it's an LT metric 315 on like a, a TRX or a Raptor or something like that. You have to decide how to make a tire that on the highway at its PSI can still handle well with that much sidewall. Also resist heat because these vehicles have speed limits, like in the case of the Raptor and the TRX, I think 118 miles an hour, which is like a, was an R or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you have to have it still be pliable enough to where at low pressure it's able to conform to the surface. So you're literally balancing two opposite ends of the spectrum that are important depending on what the vehicle is doing. So being able to wrap around a tire and having a flexible carcass is not necessarily going to be conducive to handling a windy road on your way out to your favorite off-road trail. And you have to make those decisions, I would assume, as uh, in your job to figure out what, where, how much of each compromise you put in it to get the final product so that it doesn't feel watered down in either area and it's good in both areas, right? Yeah, because you're giving up something no matter what, or your, your, your tire will excel somewhere. Well, even think of just something as simple as uh, steering feedback. You're not even turning, but you're going to have sidewall squirm if you have a lot of sidewall and a really soft carcass of a tire, even at highway speeds. And you're going to have an issue with directional stability, which may come into play if you're loading. If you're loaded up, you have a trailer. So you're having to think about empty with a trailer, off-road, high speed on the freeway, all of those things. That, that's a pretty... That's a pretty tall task to uh, to you know figure out to get the tire just right. See, I thought just the engineers at Toyota just guessed. Like they just wrote. Oh, they, have a dart, a they have a dartboard. Yeah, dartboard. Not, not quite. Actually, the, the sizing is is quite difficult. Determining um, you know what our size lineup should be, and, and you know I'll give you an example. When we developed the uh, AT3 that we launched uh, in, in March of 2020, that that tire launched with 127 sizes. And that, that was oh, the most most we had in uh, in history. So we had uh, a lot of additional size coverage for the new um, and emerging soft rotor community. That's what we affectionately call the uh, like the Rav Four Toyota Rav Four yeah, Subaru, your Rav Four Adventure, yeah, mm-hmm. your Subaru Crosstrek uh, XV, things like that. Absolutely, and, and that customer you're you're asking about construction. That customer should never have an LT metric tire fitted to that lightweight vehicle. And there's there's other main tire manufacturers out there that were making sizes that could be kind of used on those vehicles, but in an LT construction. So the customer's either um, running underinflated, uh, dangerously underinflated, just to have a somewhat decent ride, um, or they're getting their teeth jarred out by the the ride that's going to be, you know, super rough. Uh, the suspension in the the body is just not made to handle that heavy duty construction tire. Um, you know, so a, a Subaru is better off having either a hard metric or a P metric passenger construction tire. So we came out with a lot of new sizes to support that segment with a proper fitment. And so we, we actually made some uh, direct OE replacement sizes in addition to what we feel are really good options to do a slightly larger uh, P-metric version uh, for a Subaru Crosstrek, for example, or, uh, you know, I said the RAV4, but Honda CRVs, the, the highest volume, uh, you know, small SUVs are the, the RAV4 and the Honda Pilot, or Honda uh, CRV, rather. And we want to make sure we're, we're covering those segments as well. 
So then we go all the way up to the, the largest um, of the flotation sizes and LT metric sizes to cover, you know, your three quarter ton and one ton and heavily modified and lifted trucks as well. Can I ask a dumb question? Why are they called flotation? Just because they're so, they float over sand and off-road territory? I don't understand. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure why they call the, just big off-road tires or flotation tires. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure why they call it flotation, but um, it's still an LT, a flotation size is still considered an LT tire. So it's going to have the the heavier duty belt package, just like um, your standard metric flotation sizes. I, I was going to say, in a lot of cases, we have overlap between the, um, the metric LT sizes and our flotation sizes, because generally the LT metric sizes will have a higher load carrying capacity and a higher max PSI. And because there's such a, a demand for the flotation sizes, there's a lot of people that just want to see that that 35, 12, 50, 17 on their sidewall. Um, we started adding F-load range uh, several years ago so that with that higher um, load range, we could achieve the uh, higher max pressure so that you know, those, those customers could still run a flotation size. And also the, the truck um, carrying capacities have gone up in the, you know, a, as you guys know, the power plants keep getting more and more powerful and their, their towing ratings keep getting higher and their cargo carrying capacity is getting higher. So we needed to make uh, heavier duty tires to support those guys. I mean, we're over 36,000 pounds right now, Holman, right? Towing capacity. Uh, I haven't had that times? many cheeseburgers. No, <laughs> not you or I. <laughs> oh, but I'm just saying, like, isn't the Ram or I, I don't recall which one who's got the the uh, the yeah, wind they're, right they're, now. They're but, in the high 30s now. Yeah, it's crazy, and and you have to accommodate that. Uh, honestly, uh, F150 of today will eclipse the F250 of you know the early 2000s. Oh, as by far, as by far, by far. So, yeah, it, we, yeah. So everything's getting more more uh, capacity. Let's circle back to uh, Lightning's questions about tread and get back into some of the features of the tread. So he he had asked about stone injectors, which we covered a little bit. Um, you know, side lugs, uh, siping. Yep. Uh, maybe walk through what those terms mean to the average person. And and, and I want to wrap it up with with talking about does the tread pattern mean anything? Because I feel like Toyo has had a very distinct tread pattern for a long time, and I feel like it's been copied a lot. So let's start again with sipes. Uh, Are you asking three more questions I on top of the? I shouldn't. Sorry, I'm throwing a, it's like a machine right, gun of let's, questions. It's let's odd. start with uh, tread features. Okay, tread features. So, you know, with, with the AT3, we really wanted to improve our winter performance. We wanted to be able to achieve a performance level good enough to uh, be able to put the Three Peak Mountain Snowflake on the sidewall. And you know, a lot of the all-terrain uh, competitors in that segment. Uh, have that, and so it's almost becoming a um, a requirement uh, for manufacturers. If you really want to compete, you've got to have it. So, well, now you no, hold on, Todd. Now you're forcing us to ask you what the three peak insignia means. It means that yes. you can uh, go drive in all weather, mountain snowflake. Yeah. But what's dude. two peaks then, or a single oh, peak? Geez. Is that just a cyclops? The the three peak uh, mountain snowflake was uh, something that came out in uh, I think it was probably late '90s, but that was something that came from originally Canada, I believe, 
if you are able to achieve the minimum level of snow performance, so it has to be 10% better than uh, in snow traction from a stop with a single wheel uh, test rig, you're able to add that Three Peak Mountain Snowflake signifying that you have snow performance uh, of a certain level. And if you have that uh, symbol on the sidewall of your tire, it's very important in Canada because there are certain provinces where you have to have a Three Peak Mountain Snowflake in order to drive during the winter in those areas. And in California, for example, you're driving up to Big Bear. If you have an all-terrain tire with that symbol, or it doesn't have to be all-terrain, if you have a tire with the Three Peak symbol, uh, you're able to drive you know, keep driving up the mountain without having to install chains. Now, you may the, have to have the chains in the car with you if they pull you over, but if you have the uh, the, the Three Peak Mountain Snowflake, you can keep going. I did not know that. Yeah. So, it, you know, it just depends on the officer, I guess, yeah. that you encounter. But um, technically, if you have that symbol, there's you you don't have the requirement for chains. So that that's a big benefit. The, the siping is very important to not only the snow performance, but also the wet performance, wet handling, wet braking. And those those were all things that were extremely important. And, for and what is, as well. Todd, what is the siping? Like, what, what, what does the, the word mean? The little cuts. Those are the, right. those are the cuts inside the, the, In the, the tread. All those little lines that are inside the big blocks mm-hmm. are sipes. Ah. And it's all, they're yeah. all biting surfaces, essentially. Like, every one of those is an additional surface that your tire can grab onto something to create traction. Right. And, and we use what's called a, um, a zigzag sipe. So, actually, as the sipe, so there's a little blade, actually, in the mold that leaves that... Um, in there, they're not actually cut into it uh, later, but those those blades have like a, a zigzag pattern to them. So under acceleration and under braking, the the zigzags will kind of lock into each other and provide additional stability of the tread block. Whereas if they were just straight cuts, you know, you would have a lot of flex in those pieces. So they interlock into each other and uh, create a more rigid block and you know, when it comes to handling performance and, you know, dry braking and wet braking, that's very important to have a good, stable uh, tread block to do that. But we, we have um, siping throughout the tire. You'll notice if you look at our P-metric uh, AT3, we have, you know, on the shoulder block, we have an additional sipe. So we have quite a bit more siping in the, in the P-metric, and we also use... Um, from a compound, we use a compound that has more silica in the compound, whereas our LT metric uses more of the natural rubber for durability. So we prioritized, you know, that that really uh, high levels of wet performance for the P metric and the hard metric, knowing that those are going to be maybe um, uh, installed on vehicles at dealers, you know, with dealer packages in addition to, you know, the customer that's replacing maybe the all-terrain tire that their car came with factory, and maybe they're not going up in in size, but they want something that's going to perform a little bit better and wear a little bit longer. And that's uh, that's really where we come in. Wear life is very important to the the customers, and we've tried to develop our our tires with a um, long wear life, but still having all the the wet performance and – you know, the, the great ride and everything else that the customers are looking for. 
you had brought up uh, AT3 a couple times, and that's your your latest uh, all-terrain truck tire. So the Open Country AT3 replaces or supplements. It's the follow-on to the most excellent AT2. And when you look at them side by side, at first glance, they're they're very similar. But if you take a look again, you can see a little bit of a difference in the tread area. You guys didn't keep the AT2 around as by itself for as long as a lot of other tire manufacturers. It feels like maybe it was around 10 years or something, and then you got back into getting the AT3. And both are exceptional tires. Why the need for the AT3, and what's different, uh, different between the two? I've got experience on both, and they're both fantastic tires, and they're definitely in my you know top three shopping list when I tell people who are asking me, hey, what AT should I be looking at for my truck? Uh, the Open Country is always on that list because it is such a great tire. And by the way, it's an awesome tire because you can flip it around, and it's subtly different on both sides. One's more aggressive <laughs> than the other. I thought that was cool. Cool. Well, we, I tell you, 10 years to us, it seems like uh, too long, and what we try to do is, uh, you know, a seven year life cycle is, is probably better for this segment. When, when you look at, um, when we went initially to, and decided, you know, we're gonna come out with a new all-terrain and we're looking at the AT2, how can we improve on this? And we met with a lot of customers, we met with a lot of dealers, uh, we did a lot of, you know, searching the internet and, uh, you know, trying to get as much data as we could. Um, try to determine what should the target performance be. And we had a lot of really good feedback. Unfortunately, um, the negative feedback was kind of hard to come by. So we did a lot of testing <laughs> well, ourselves. And it's funny because you may be listening going, what an arrogant bastard. No, but, but he but needs no, it. You need it. It literally, you talk to Toyo Open Country AT customers, and they won't go into anything else. They love their tires. And, and I've seen it time and time again that there's a lot of people – uh, my friend Lawson with the Land Cruiser has been on the show before. He is a hardcore Toyo guy. I mean, you, listen, you, that's me. For, for example. It's, it's me. I will go out of my way. I think my job's a little bit different because I, I test lots of different tires, so I'm always riding on something different. So I have, you know, I, I have kind of a broader view, and I still think Toyo is is top tier in, for, the, in, for, in the category. For me, the main reason that I enjoy the, the MTs especially, that's what I've run most. Now, my passenger cars all have proxies, things like that. But the MTs are so aggressive. They work so well. And yet my favorite thing, they're, they're quiet. so freaking quiet. They're very quiet. And, and they handle I well. can't wrap my head around why I'm I'm in one of my work trucks now. Yeah. That's got a set of uh, 35 inch MTs. And I'm next to another truck with an equivalent sized the, a competitor. And he's literally, my windows are down to here. And I can't hear my Toyos. <laughs> yeah, if you're one of those people that like to hear or feel your tires, let's be honest, Toyo's not for you. No, I mean, if it's... you're somebody that wants the look and the capability, but it's your daily driver, you're taking long distances to get to the trail or off road, then you're really going to appreciate how how nice and quiet the the Toyos are. And in fact, our friends over at AEV on a Prospector XL, they're using 40 inch Open Country AT or uh, MTs, and you're going to think. Wow, a 40-inch tire, that thing has to just be an animal on the highway. It's not. And it's not. It's docile. Driving a PXL with 40-inch Toyos is like driving a stock Ram, except it's quieter and rides better. (laughs) You know, I I appreciate everything you guys are saying. It's it's great to get that positive feedback. Uh, I think that uh, that our Toyo dealers are some of the best dealers out there, and I feel like maybe they're hesitant to, to say anything bad, um, maybe they don't want to hurt our feelings or, you know, they, they're 
just very positive on the product. But when it comes to my job, I've my job is to find you know the uh, areas where we can improve. And so we we spent a lot of time uh, kind of figuring out what what we thought were the weak points, and um, also analyzing the strengths of our competitors. And I found personally that uh, we could definitely improve on the handling of uh, the tire, the predictability, the steering feel, and, and a lot of those things were drastically improved with the AT3. So if you drive the two back to back on the same vehicle, same size tire, uh, you'll notice these things. And we did a lot of the, the product testing here in the US and uh, that, that was kind of new for us. We have a, a new R&D center out of our, off our works out of our plant in White, Georgia. So uh, it just allowed us to test here in America on, our, on American roads, on American test tracks at American driving speeds, you know, which are all different from you know, testing in Japan. So I think that is a big part of why the performance uh, results have been so favorable. Um, but from a refresh standpoint, uh, you, you mentioned it looks like some of our patterns get copied. They do. And that's, that's another reason why uh, we need to keep innovating and coming out with new designs and new tires and new styles. And, you know, the, the car companies come out with new products every five years. Uh, they refresh them every two or three years. And we want to have styling that also keeps up with the, uh, the products on the road. The, the tire ought to match the, you know, the customers, um, you know, wh whatever image they're going for with their vehicle. So if they have a very modern, um, you know, modern truck, but the modern trucks look very modern. So we need a modern tire to go along with that. You brought up, Todd, um, handling. And when we think mm -hmm. of like off-road tires, like the mud train tires, the MTs, we don't necessarily think of handling. But I, 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 my question about handling is that I have noticed having MTs and ATs and driving them all, the difference between a new tire, a new Toyo with really tall tread before it's worn down at all, and a tire that's got and a Toyo that's got forty thousand miles on them, they don't drive all that different. The handling is not all wishy washy and sloppy when those tread blocks are really tall, and then it's snappy when it's low. So how do you achieve a consistent driving experience with the tire changing its size over time? Right. So, uh, you know, consistent performance throughout the wear life is very important. If, if the body construction of the tire is matched very well to the tread lug stability, that's, that's when you're going to have, you know, really good uh, steering feel predictability. If they're not matched, um, which in, in my opinion, the AT2 was not as matched as, as it could have been. And that's why we made a lot of improvements on the AT3. Um, now, uh, you know, the, as the tire flexes, it's kind of all in harmony. Whereas if you have um, like a little bit of a tread squirm, but the body construction of the tire is, is too rigid, you'll feel that. And, and when we talk about handling, um, you will notice between a, uh, a poor handling tire and a very good handling tire off-road um, very easily. So when we talk about like on the off-road high-speed course that, that we uh, tested on, the very best tire had very good predictability. When you throw it into a corner and you get, you know, big oversteer 
and you know you correct for it and the the truck bed starts coming back around um does it straighten out or do you get a big you know overshoot back the other direction in our instance was was the best handling uh during our testing because we developed it until it was and the predictability was the most important part are you comfortable driving at high speeds and confident going into those corners knowing that it's not going to get away from you uh or you, you know you're not going to get a big oversteer that followed up by a big overshoot the other direction and uh and you know lose it or go off track that's that's the kind of tire that i want um you know my wife driving my kids around in you know or that i'm going to recommend to my if if i feel comfortable that my family is driving on it, you know, then we can feel comfortable uh, recommending it to customers and selling it. So Holman is you've driven on so many different brands tires yes. and, and without naming any names, do you mm-hmm. have any recent memories Holman of driving on a tire that's not a Toyo, where you felt like this is not good, like uh, no. off-road or anything that was, I, I wouldn't say this is not good, but you can definitely tell the difference. For example, if you go to a particular uh, truck manu- manufacturer, they have the same exact truck will have different tire options available depending on the wheel and tire package. Did you choose 17s, 18s, 20s versus is it a you know two-wheel drive or luxury truck versus is it the off-road package? And I've driven enough of those back-to-back where you can absolutely tell the difference. There's, there's a popular uh, tire uh, that comes on a lot of off-road packages today, and it... <clears throat> <laughs> it's um, it's uh, av- available throughout the year mm-hmm. uh, if you if you're picking up what I'm putting down. And uh, that particular tire is um has a lot of directional stability problems. So uh, when you're what do on you mean a ra- like a Ram Rebel, uh, Trail Boss Chevy, a ZR2, they all come with that particular tire from the factory. And if you drive any of those vehicles on any other tire, another off-road package that that is maybe the one below that. In, on that particular tire, driving down the freeway, you're constantly making corrections to the steering wheel because it'll wander a lot. And that's a 100% tire. And you'll feel that. That's not it hooking up with those uh, drainage no, lines? No, no, no. no. Okay. You're thinking of truck ruts and stuff. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's on a dead flat road. They're just, they're just a lot of squirm in that tread in that tire. And as a driver, you can feel it. And so I've been in plenty of tires where – you know, off-road, they're really good, but the compromise is too great on highway. And I've been in a lot of tires that are really great on-road, and then the compound's too hard off-road to get traction because they are going for high mileage. And again, those are some of the things that I appreciate about the Toyo brand is they seem to have consistently hit that middle ground where you have a nice highway driving tire because the majority of us are, are spending time as a daily driver but are tough and have a great amount of traction off-road. The other thing that Toyos are known for is the the lack of uh, cutting or chunking of the tire. You can take a Toyo Open Country up a really rocky climb, and the tread's going to look exactly the same at the end of it. There's plenty of competitors out there where they start ripping off corners uh, and lugs yeah, and things like that. I've seen that, where just after like yeah. a, a mountain run up in Big Bear here locally. Yeah, the tires are trapped. Yeah, there's choked. And then now the, the, the weights that you have to balance the tire don't matter anymore because the tire is out of balance. Uh, I've I, had, I was with a guy uh, two weekends ago who had those uh, the, the bean bags in his tires. I'm like, yeah. how far off is this yeah. weight? Yeah. Are you serious? And he was running, I think they were 38s. Yeah. I was I somewhere I, around there. I mean, that's kind of, to me, that's a little bit snake oily, but it's one of those things that you can definitely tell the difference. But 
every tire that's going to be a DOT tire for your truck, daily driver, takeoff road, is going to have compromises. It depends where you're comfortable and how good the technology is for the company you're buying from to mitigate those compromises or, or lessen them to where you know there's a lot of mud train tires that because they don't have siping, they're not good tires in the snow. And what may be great everywhere else, you don't want to drive that vehicle up there because it doesn't have siping. You look at a Toyo Open Country MT and they've got lugs, but they also have siping on it. So I know a lot of people like to take those tires to go to Big Bear on a snowy road. And you look at snow. The best traction for snow is more snow. So on an AT tire, you want to pack up the snow because the ice will help you get traction. Well, an MT has these big giant voids that spit mud out because when you're in mud, mud is the enemy attraction because now you don't have lugs on your tire. So you have a completely you have a tire that's designed for rocks and mud and these big lugs to climb over stuff, but you still have to be good in snow where it's trying to constantly eject the thing that helps you gain traction. So there's all sort of the tires are an incredibly complicated subject and an incredibly complicated product. I don't think enough people realize how much R and D goes into making a good premium quality tire. I mean, Todd does, but the other people. <laughs> You're exactly right. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. You know, the the siping um, that we, we talked a little bit about, you know, helps actually to even suck the moisture up out of the, the snow to help bring you down to the, the ice where you can actually get traction um, in the, you know, the light snow. And, you know, we get a lot of feedback with the MT in snow where customers say if the snow is deep enough, they do really well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it if it's, you know, ice, you know, nothing's going to have great traction on ice but um yeah if it's deep enough they can just plow right through and i i watch a lot of the youtube videos of guys that are out there you know uh, the overlanding crew that's out there you know trying to uh snow wheel and it looks like they have a ball out there in the deep snow with the mt when you you, you hit on a little bit the um the original equipment off-road packages and there are so many of those out there today that are really good and that's that kind of struck a chord with me because there are so many um, highly, highly developed off-road packages that are coming from manufacturers that are tuned. The tire, the suspension, everything is tuned by that manufacturer to be kind of really, really good package out of the box. And if you want to improve it a little bit more, you can you know put a slightly more aggressive all-terrain tire on than, than what it came with or you know, maybe even uh, choosing one of our hybrid options as kind of a stepping stone before they work their way up to an MT. But the uh, uh, AT3 in the size range that that we have and the aggressiveness of the pattern and with the quietness of the pattern as well, I think it, it's a it's a great option for those customers who want just to get a little bit more. You know, and then. Uh, the other point I was going to make was the fact that uh, these these soft rotors, uh, generally, the only thing that some of these consumers will do to upgrade their vehicle is put a tire on it. And the Subaru Crosstrek is actually amazingly capable off-road. The Toyota RAV4 would surprise you what it could do off-road. Um, and, you know, even the, like the new Bronco Sport, you know, they, they do very well. They have they're very well equipped and uh, you put an, a really good all-terrain tire on there and uh, you'll be really surprised at, at what it can do. And then on the other end, we, you've got your consumer that's heavily modifying their truck with, you know, aftermarket suspension, wheels, tires, uh, lift, 
you know, the whole nine bumpers, they're adding weight to it and, and doing all those things. And I think that what what's not always understood when you're heavily modifying the vehicle is how the tire and the, you know, the suspension system need to work together to give you that, that excellent ride. I I've experienced myself, you know, some of some consumers and, you know, even friends of mine that have kind of mismatched uh, suspensions to the, the tire and wheel package and, you know, with poor results. And I've, I know others that have had, um, you know, they might put a really heavy duty tire on, but they, they don't have a shock absorber that's designed to, uh, to manage all that weight that they've just added in addition to like a large, you know, cast wheel that's adding additional weight as well unsprung mass that really needs to be controlled by the suspension. I, so the, I would add to that too, uh, just re, reiterating what you said about the uh, tires being tuned. You may get a particular tire from a manufacturer on an OE product, and then they say go back to the dealer to get the tire. A lot mm-hmm. of times those tires have been tuned for that off-road package. So you may look at two identical tires from the same manufacturer with uh, one skew number off, and they look the same, the same load rating, the same everything, but the OE tire might have a rounded shoulder instead of a square shoulder. It might have a different compound. I have seen that where I yeah. could not tell the difference. And so people will go to their local tire guy and, you know, they blew one tire and they're like, hey, I want to replace this. They go, I got to get that from your dealer. No, no, you have them. That's the, they're the same. No, no, no. These are the Raptor version of these tires. What? You know, so it's important to note that, you know, just because it came on your vehicle, it, it may not be easy to replace it, which is why coming to the you know, aftermarket size would be a lot easier, for example, nationwide. And like you said, give you some more performance. And I don't think people realize that there may be an identical tire, at least in looks, but they're completely different because the manufacturers worked with a tire company to try and dial in that suspension and, and that ride uh, comfort and, and all that stuff. One thing that Toyo is extremely consistent about is the tire size on your sidewall actually is realistic. There's a lot of company. <laughs> well, no, no. The, no, I, mean, I the, know. I, we were just measuring one the other day yeah. at work that was over Identical. an inch off. Oh, yeah. An inch So there's, there's a lot of 37s out there that are actually 38s or that are actually 35.6s. If you get a, to- a Toyo, especially in the flotation sizes, that is a th- you know 37 by 12 or 13 or whatever. It's like a 13 and a half, it, I think, it, normally. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be exactly or within a few tenths of what the tire size says. Well, why that? Why is that important? Well, because if your lift kit says it fits a 35, you want to put a 35 on there. If a lift kit says you fit a 37, you want to put a 37. You don't want a 38 that might wreck your fenders or rub or things like that. And then also if you're- You got to re- cut out those A shapes on the front fenders or you've got a notch. You got to call up LG ECTS and buy their notch outs so it doesn't hit the cab. You well, know? you know, it's just, it's again, it's one of those things that people don't realize. Just because a tire says what it is on the side is not always an indicator of what the actual overall diameter is. And so a lot of people go, well, I just bought these new tires. Why do they rub on everything? It's it, They said it would fit with a 37. Well, what are they? They're XYZ. Oh, yeah, that's a big 37. What? You know? So it's important to look when you're researching tires. Go to the manufacturer website. Look at revolutions per mile and look at mm-hmm. actual size. on. Usually they give you a range of, of wheel widths, for example, Look for that range, and usually they hit the middle one. Will tell you what the what the width is and what the overall size is at what psi. But the revolutions per mile is probably their biggest indicator. Match that up, and when you're comparing tires, look at that because you'll have an idea of which one's bigger, which one's smaller. But Toyo is always like you guys 
your molds are right on the money. You guys do a great job of, of being exactly what you say you are. It's sort of like when you shop Amazon, you're looking at shirts, and it's like, oh, a guy like you should be in a double X. Hey, no, no, I'm trying to get an XL <laughs> right. here, right? Uh, <laughs> these these actually fit as described. So I, I have bought several sets of wheels for cars and trucks, and I bought the wheels based on the tire that I knew I wanted to run, and I literally hit, just like you said, so on Toyo's website, uh, toyotires.com, they've got the small or the the the, the narrow, the, 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 the correct size, and then the widest you'd want to run on those tires. And if you buy that middle size, it's perfect, every at least from my experience, every time. It's like yes. exactly the right fitment. So I, I guess my response, I can't take credit for that because that was all uh... – before my time with the company, but that's something that the brand had decided, uh, you know, years ago that they wanted, we we were a member of the tire rim association and all members within that association adhere to the standards set forth by that uh, tire rim association. So there's an envelope of size that uh, for a particular specified size, there's an envelope that, that, manufactured product can fit within and we we made the decision that we wanted to uh, focus on being as true as possible to that size and and furthermore when when you search the different websites a lot of websites will have the calculated size so it's based on a calculation and on our website, we actually have measured size. So that's that's a big deal for a lot of our builders and a lot of consumers that are just doing internet shopping. They know exactly what they want and they can look at our specs and say, okay, um, I have room for that or I don't have room for this. I'm going to look for something else. Hey, Todd, I've got a, <laughs> a, a burning question for you. Sure. Well, I, I have think. one after this. No, to ask yours because yours is probably dumb. No, mine is dumb, but it's great. <laughs> okay. It's a great question. <laughs> if it's the same one I have, I'll ring the bell. Okay. Do you inflate your tires to what's on your door jam, or do you inflate your tires to what it says oh. on the side of the tire? Dude, this is great. I, have, uh, I have argued hey, this hey, with so many a, people. That's a great question. I have yeah. argued this with so many guys. To Don't me, give him credit to for me, that question. The, the answer is obvious, but I want you. It's not. It's yeah. not as obvious as you think. So, um, yes, it rides rough at on eighty a, on an on an original <laughs> equipment tire on your vehicle. You go by the placard in your door jam. Um, if you've changed that tire, so like for example, on on, uh, on my Toyota Land Cruiser, I my truck came with a P metric tire, so it was a 285 6018, and I I replaced it with an LT metric, so the the light truck metric heavier duty tire. Um, the LT metric tire actually requires more pressure to carry the same load. So I can no longer use the door placard as a reference for my tire pressure. I actually had Correct. have to go in and calculate the replacement. <laughs> so instead of the the um, 34 PSI uh, that was on the placard now, um, I'm running 42 PSI. And, and also uh, keep in mind that tire PSI is directly relatable to uh, speed, heat buildup, and load carrying capacity. So when you go to a larger tire, a larger, let's say maybe your 33 on your Jeep had a placard of it needs to be at 38. It's going to be lower. You may go to a 37 and only have to be at 35 PSI because you have more air volume. Now, a lot of people will suggest the chalk test. What would be your preferred method of I've upgraded to a 35 or a 37 or even a 40 and I need to determine my tire size? What is the preferred method of figuring out what... Uh, is the proper PSI? Would you would you recommend? Well, the the easiest way would be uh, to contact us, 
you know, contact our customer service line and have them uh, calculate it for you. You tell them what your your OE vehicle is, or, or we can look it up as long as you know. Um, we have all the placard pressures on our website. So if you go to our tire finder and put in your vehicle, it'll tell you your OE specifications. And then if you if you choose like one of the recommended replacement tires from you know our tire finder, we'll give you the re replacement pressures for you know a plus zero or a plus one um, on the you know size on the website itself. Or um, you know I can I can give you guys the number, but the number to call um, and have any of our wonderful consumer relations reps. Uh, calculate it out for you and then you know you're starting off with the right pressure not every vehicle is the same and if you're running around you know heavy duty bumpers and you've got a, a heavily loaded vehicle uh, you may want to add a few pounds of pressure to uh, compensate for that but the the main thing to you know to keep in mind is if you upgrade your tire from a p metric to an lt metric and you think well i've got a lot more load carrying capacity now because that tire there's there's much more that goes into the load carrying capacity of that vehicle and that's just not the case what the target needs to be is your replacement tire pressure needs to give you the load carrying capacity that matches whatever your oe capacity was that's the most important and again there's a lot of people running around with the underinflated tires because they keep running the door placard pressure on an lt metric and if I was driving with the original 30, uh, 32 or 30, 34 PSI, whatever it was recommending, I would be, you know, grossly underinflated and I would damage the tire prematurely. On the other hand, the people that look at the tire side wall and they go to the max PSI, that's just not the right way to do it either. Um, Going to get a ride, uh, rough ride. You'll get a rough ride, but really uh, max PSI on the sidewall of the tire is sometimes uh, – I've had some people that get scared because on my F-350, I mounted uh, your tire and I can see my pressures going down the road and pull, towing my heavy trailer, the pressure's going be above the max PSI. What do I do? Right, because things are heating up and expanding well, it's as, not explode. Yeah, as it's going through. I, I'm sure like, oh, it's going to blow. Yeah. You what, know what I do? You know what I've done for the last 25 years? What's that? I look at the max tire pressure, and then I go about eight pounds under. And then you go, screw it. I go, no, I go about eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight to ten pounds under. Yeah, eight pounds normally. Because well, I'm not. I, I think Todd's going to tell us the right thing. I to don't do have here. the time to Todd, call. Todd, finish what you were saying because <laughs> Lightning is just uh, a, a stream of consciousness of all the mistakes he's made uh, with tires. In the I, past. I don't have time to call 800-442-8696, the Toyo direct line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can do it too. I can walk you through it. But um, the, the max PSI that's stamped on the sidewall of the tire is simply the maximum pressure that that tire is rated to carry a load. So uh, if it's a, for example, uh, a C-load range tire, the 35 PSI max for that particular tire, it, it um, is only rated uh, to carry a load at 35 PSI. Any pressure beyond that won't increase the load rating of that tire, if that makes sense. Uh, if you had a that, that three-quarter ton truck I was talking about, or a one-ton truck, and you start off at 75 PSI, and, and now you're uh, 85 uh, after towing your trailer, so you're you're a little bit above the uh, the max. It's not going to hurt a thing. Um, cold inflation pressure shouldn't be set, you know, above the max. That's basically it. But if if it gets warm and the pressure increases, it, the tire's not going to pop. You know, it's it's made it's going to carry 
much, much more pressure um, than what the temperature difference is, is going to create. All right. I, I, I have my uh, my question. Uh, sure. Lightning, this is a good one, so I think you need to do the drum roll on this one. Okay. Hold on one second. Need the, the timpani here. Ready for your question. All right. Are we ready? ready? I'm just, <laughs> just going to wait till it ran out? Yeah, yeah basically. I didn't want to inter- interrupt the, uh, How many the questions our drummer in the corner. Do you have five questions? Have, Number five. Uh, no? I do, but okay. th- this is only the... This is the most important one. Oh, okay. Uh, Todd, why are our tires black? Why are they black? <laughs> well, there's a lot of potential answers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been asked that question ever before. Uh, um, I told you it was a good one. <laughs> it, yeah, I, th- we use carbon black in in the rubber compound of the tires. Um, I imagine uh, when they first when they first started creating tires, I don't think they were black for when they were making them for bicycles. So they probably uh, turned black really quickly as they were used and got dirty. I would say it's just because of the carbon black that's used in the compounds. All right. Well, we'll, uh, okay. we'll go with that. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, clearly they've went white walls, right? I mean, they don't. Well, sure. well in, in older, uh, you know, back in the turn of the century, there were white you know, rubber tires, virgin rubber tires. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. other than a few like SEMA shows where somebody put on red tires to make red smoke or something. The vast majority of tires are black. I didn't know if there was a reason for using carbon black, if it was a preservative, if, if well, you will. Well, because what color is the is the rubber material like out a, of the rubber like trees? Like a grayish, whitish color. And where does the rubber come from that Toyo uses? Is it Brazil? Like, where do you get it? Is it grown here? Do you? Uh, mm-hmm. Is it synthetic? They melt down so- Nikes. <laughs> oh, do they yeah. really? <laughs> okay, gotcha. We, we use um, natural rubber sourced from multiple locations, and, and I, I guess you would probably get that same answer from most tire companies. Um, as it is right now, it's, it's very difficult uh, to get all the materials uh, from just one vendor or from one location. Um, but I, or it's I just think hard to get materials in general these days. I mean, there's supply chain issues with everything everywhere. Right. Um, we, we use it all. We use natural rubber. We use synthetic rubber. We use carbon black. Um, a lot of the same material. We try to source, um, you know, from companies that can keep up with our production. In, in our plant in White, Georgia, for example, we, we actually source our steel from just down the street. And that was part of the reason why that plant was put there, because we can get our steel from the steel manufacturer just down the street from where the plant is. Boy, were they happy um, when you moved in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> everybody uh, everybody was probably really glad to see Toyo come in. Todd, Todd, is there good rubber and bad rubber for a tire? For instance, is there rubber that will potentially dry and crack before other compounds? Well, so I guess when it comes to – there's a lot of different compounds, but when you talk about drying out and cracking – um, that, that makes me think of uh, trailer tires, which often spend right. a lot of time sitting and uh, have more of a propensity to, uh, to dry rot or crack. And trailer tires generally have more wax in the tread compound to uh, combat the, uh, the drying out and the protect against the UV. So that's, that's one reason why you know, a trailer tire is really recommended to be used on a trailer instead of a you know passenger vehicle tire because uh, there's a big difference in the compound and also the trailer tires don't need all the silica and the other more expensive materials that we need in our 
uh, passenger tires to have the excellent wet wet performance, for example. So that's part of the reason why trailer tires are cheaper. And, and I don't know t- if that helps. It does. It does. Thank you. And do you, this might be a little bit outside your wheelhouse, but do you have any recommendations for us and in, in, in how, how do we uh, properly take care of our tires? Like there are some compounds you can go to, you go to your local, local Pep Boys, O'Reilly, whatever, and you got 50 different tire dressings. Are some better than the, than, than others? Do you have any personal favorites or ones that you feel work better with Toyo tires? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we there's a million of them out there, and every detailer seems to have their favorite. Ones that are super glossy and gooey. A friend of mine only uses uh, Wizard, which leaves like a very nice satin sheen. Almost looks like there's nothing on the tire, but it's great. I don't know. Do you have any? You've been around tires for so long now. I mean, I've always been. I'm a car guy. I've always been an enthusiast. Uh, sports cars and off-road trucks. Uh, grew up you know, cleaning the white walls on my dad's car with uh, Wesley's bleach. I don't know if you remember that stuff. Yep. But, um, we we don't actually, uh, from Toyo, recommend any tire dressing. And honestly, since I've been with the company, I don't use it. Um, if I were going to, uh, I used to use uh, 303. And a lot. I don't like the greasy, um, you know, the... The wet look, the dirt magnet. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't like the dirt magnet. Yeah, so if, if there was something on that you could put on the tire that made it look black but not shiny, but just like a new tire, um, that would be what I would want. So I guess scrubbing them clean and, you know, the the release agent that's in the mold when they make the tire is silicone. So if you had a, a, a silicone, that's probably less likely to damage uh, the tire than – Okay. You know, uh, some combination of chemicals made to be shiny. We got to get uh, uh, somebody from Wizard on because my buddy who used that stuff and uh, he swears by it. And it looks amazing. It looks like the tire is brand new. When it, when it comes to you know tire care and, and maintenance, honestly, proper inflation is one of the most important. You know, getting the vehicle aligned regularly. Um, you know, keeping it in alignment. Um, those are things that will make the tire last a very long time and make sure that it's quiet for, throughout the life. And uh, the other thing, I, I kind of recommend doing tire rotations a little more often for off-road tires. So our off-road vehicles um, sometimes will carry heavy weight and sometimes they're un- unloaded completely. And, uh, you know, because of that, I, I tend to rotate my tires every in between oil changes so like every 2500 miles i rotate them and a lot of tire stores will do it for free uh if you if you buy the tire there or not in some cases so over maintaining i don't think you can really do that personally keeping a good eye on the the air pressure and good rotations good alignment those are those are all key um regarding you know you know using soap and water i saw recently uh, somebody had posted that they cleaned their tires with that new, the Dawn um, power wash uh, sprayer nozzle, and it turned the whole tire brown. So you never know what <laughs> chemicals are inside that, um, you know, that cleaner. It's probably because they used fabric softener in it. You know what I mean, I wanted it <laughs> Dawn fresh. <laughs> Whatever it was, it, it literally turned the tire brown, and I don't think it will come back from that. But it's, it probably smelled nice. 
<laughs> it probably smelled lemon fresh. <laughs> All right, I got. I know we've we've had you on probably uh, way longer than you've wanted to spend time with us, and I, that I fully understand. But how uh, dare you? He's in love with us, right? Yeah, I, sure, I, sure. I, is. I, I love talking tires. <laughs> I, I do have. Uh, I have at least one uh, final. Sure. I'll say final, but then Lightning mm. will come up with four as, no, well, no, as we're no. trying to. I'm uh, done. All right. Uh, when it comes, we have we've talked a lot about off road trucks and uh, and OE fitments, but we haven't talked about some of your slam trucks and some of your uh, your trucks that have maybe staggered fitments and a performance car fitment. And I know mm-hmm. that Toyo is very particular about load ratings on, say, their Proxys and some of their their street tires. What are your recommendations for people who have maybe a classic slam truck and they want to put a performance street tire on it because maybe they've got a you know a, a turbocharged uh, V8 in it or something like that and it's sort of maybe rustomated or or done you know for uh, you know, autocross or whatever the case. There's a lot of those guys out there who love the Toyo sports car tires, uh, but they don't always have the load rating necessary for those trucks. I, I think when you get into the larger like the um the hot rodded diesel trucks and things like that. It's really hard to get uh, coverage for those, you know, that came with a, an LT metric from the factory. Um, but the, the smaller ones um, generally uh, we're, we're easily covering them with uh, speed ratings. Um, and we should have, unless they're going to a very, very low profile, we should have load rated uh, a lot of low rated product for those vehicles. But I think your, your best resource honestly, is calling our consumer relations line. If you if you aren't getting the answers that you're looking for from your local dealer or uh, the shop that you're that you're going to, give us a call and we're happy to, to go through and uh, and work with you. And realistically, we get a lot of calls from people that are looking for a size that isn't available in the market. And that's where we get some of our you know, new size expansions from, you know, people asking for it. Hey, if you had this, everyone in my club would buy it. And then we, we go back and do the research. Yeah. So if that club's going to buy it and, you know, um, throughout the country, there's this many vehicles on the road and, you know, if we can justify it, make a good business case, we'll expand our, uh, our line of sizes to, uh, to come out with some new and unique sizes kind of interesting story was, you know, Toyo came out with the, uh, the 275, 5520 as a, uh, a replacement size that you could kind of upgrade your, your Chevy truck or your Ford F-150 or your Toyota Tundra, whatever half ton truck you have. And, uh, that size was unique to Toyo, but eventually was adopted by all the original equipment vehicle manufacturers. So that's a standard OE size now. And, uh, yeah, we pride ourselves on coming out with a lot of those unique fitments. Todd, where do you either personally feel, what, what do you personally feel about, or maybe Toyo, do they take a stance on the huge 24-plus inch, 26, 28, 30-inch tires on, like, if we go to Daytona Truck Meet and we hang out with a friend Jordan in Daytona, Florida, those trucks have 30-inch by 16, 30 tall by 16 wide wheels, and they've got to find rubber to wrap around those things, and they are very low profile. There are other manufacturers that do it, and I look at it going, looks cool, not my thing, but I do respect it, but there's no way that tire's safe. What what is your feeling about that? Can can Toyo, where do you decide to make a tire? You're like, man, because I know that, for example, 
whoever it is, American Forces making 10,000 sets a year of these wheels, whatever it is. I'm just making it up. And you got a bunch of really crappy Chinese you tires. Got, yeah, it's exactly with, right. With, you know, because yeah, you can that see. That are on the bitter edge of load ratings, if anything. And they're stretched. And yeah. you're like, there's nothing good yeah. about this situation other than the wheel itself. The tire's just hanging on for dear life. What's your opinion on that? And and at what point does Toyo step in or just say, nah, not our market. we'll let someone else do that? There, there's a little bit of both. Um in some cases, there is nothing good about that, um, where the the tire is not load rated and it's it's kind of a safety uh, concern. And honestly, that's that's where we try and step in if we can to make something that would be load rated and have have a good option. When it comes to thirty inch rims, um, we don't we don't have uh, light track tires in, in anything bigger than a twenty six inch rim as of today. Um, but you know that that's how we got into the 26 inch wheel uh you know market a few years back is because the dealers were you know begging us can you please make something that's load rated and round for these trucks because you know, <laughs> yeah. they really <laughs> ours are all square todd help us <laughs> they, they want to drive a rhombus <laughs> rhombus <laughs> You like, my, so, you like my rhombus I reference? I have not heard a rhombus <laughs> reference on this show maybe ever. Thank you. Hashtag rhombus reference. <laughs> I'm going to go see rhombus reference tonight. No, that's mine. Yeah. You can't have that one. Okay. They're playing with bulbous tire. Sure they are. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're coming with a tire bruise. Oh, tire bruise? Yeah, yeah, and sidewall bubble. <laughs> <laughs> no, sidewall bubble, they broke last no, – No, they blew. They blew. Oh! Yeah. As a member of the uh... – A little late. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. So as a member of the Tire and Rim Association – you know, we're limited as to what we can make by that. Uh, that that's our kind of our Bible. And if there's a, um, a size that we want to make that doesn't exist, uh, we can always uh, apply for it. And then the Tire and Rim Association would approve it. And then we could start making those sizes. But the, the imported tires uh, that are not members of the Tire and Rim Association don't have to abide by that. And they can come up with their own um, load ratings and make the decision to uh, to sell those. But uh, we're not going to do that. And the other the other big man <laughs> won't do it either. That, by the way, that was a boo for them, not for you. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, so they're just making up whatever. How can that be safe or so, sellable in the U.S. with DOT looking over the shoulder? Well, they still have to calculate it out and they have to be able to um, test that the tire can, you know, carry the load at that pressure. But um, if it doesn't exist in the tire room association and, and it hasn't been applied for, you know, the, the big companies won't make it. it. It would just have to be the the people that are importing. So I don't know if that answers your, your question or not, but that's, I, I think that's, that's how... as good of an answer as you could have had with that question. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> no, I appreciate you taking a stab at it. All right, listen, uh, Todd is a wealth of information. We really appreciate you coming on. But if uh, you're looking for more information on Toyo Tires, toyotires.com, they have a really good website. Also on all the socials, at Toyo Tires, uh, you can learn there. And, and I mean, we didn't even t- – we, we got so far into – you know all the uh, oh, I feel like you're, you've got more questions for him. No, don't no, no, you? no. Wow. I, I was just going to say, you just look at the lineup, right? Open Country alone, the QT, the HT2, the HT, uh, AT3, the AT2, on and on and on. There's commercial variants. There's uh, the MT. Toyo really does have something for everybody, and whether it's maybe your wife's SUV or your kids 
uh, you know, uh, economy car that that gets them to, to college, or it's your pickup truck, or maybe it's your slam project in the garage. Uh, there's something from Toyo, and uh, listen, we we both really love Toyo tires. It's a great product. Like I said, it's definitely one of the top tier brands out there, and our experiences have always been great with how round they are and all that stuff. And and Todd, you guys do a great job, so we really appreciate your time coming on to uh, talk about Toyo with the uh, Truck Show podcast audience. Thanks for having me. You it's got been it. A pleasure. You're welcome anytime, my friend. Yeah, if if, uh, if you're working on anything cool uh, or you got any other announcements, let us know because we'd love to have you back. Okay, sounds great. Thank right. you. Thanks, All Todd. Right. Thanks, Todd. Holman, is it time for us to give away a California car cover? Uh, not quite yet. We have to listen to uh, our remaining voicemails to determine which person is worthy of such a wonderful Christmas gift from our friends over at California Car Cover. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the five-star hotline. Five-star hotline. What's up, Lightning and Holman? This is Trevor, and this is my story uh, entry for the California car cover. A little bit of backstory. So my fiance, her mother, her first car was a 1966 Ford Mustang that she bought in the in the 70s, and that car is actually still in her family right now. My fiance's oldest sister has it up in Oregon. I'm in California. And when my fiance's oldest sister, when they got married, the car was still in the family, but it was kind of run down. And her, my future brother-in-law and his dad took it upon themselves to cosmetically restore the car and bring it back into barely operable, operable condition, but looking good. And they drove away in their wedding in my fiance's mom's first car. Fast forward to now, it's still in the family. Keyword fiance, we're gonna be getting married next October and she brought up to me, oh hey, I'd like to kind of carry on that tradition. The car's currently in Oregon, it's in a garage. They have space to keep it up there. In California, I don't have space to keep it in a garage. It needs to all this mechanical work. Motor's gotta be gone through probably transmission, brakes, all the standard stuff and I don't have a place to put it in the garage and they've already done the interior and the paint a decent okay-ish paint job and I'd hate to have it sit outside and get ruined and uh, not be in good enough condition to be at our wedding coming up so it'd be awesome if I had a California car cover that I could put over it and keep the uh, the work that had been put in ahead of me safe and looking good for our day coming up in October. So that's my story. It's true, by the way. I didn't make it up. And, uh, yeah. I love when people end with, and yeah. That's funny. I don't recall asking for a really, 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 Really boring story. My God. It was, I understand no one cares. It wasn't boring, Lightning. <laughs> no, was it? No. It was just fine. was lengthy? It was mm-hmm. girthy. It was. That's what she said. Stop <laughs> playing that drop. Nobody likes it anymore. Yes, they do. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Do you, do like, you like that's what she said? Dude, it's been like 18 months of you. Uh, I guarantee if we had a drop counter, you'd be at over 1,000 on that. 
So, it's important to our show. Okay. I disagree. Hello, my name is Emmanuel Castillo, and I'm calling about the uh, giveaway. I'm honestly uh, more interested in the California car duster. <laughs> I am a 22-year-old. I work driving tractors here in Yuma, Arizona. I own two trucks, a 1965 Datsun truck that my grandfather gave me, and a 2017 Chevy Colorado Two guys that I bought bone stock. Now it has a orange max track spindle lift, uh, camber upper control arms, and I bought shocks. It's my daily. I have some fun in it, uh, in the desert sometimes. I take pride in keeping it, keeping it nice and clean, but it's really hard because it's black. And most of the time it's parked in, uh, in a parking lot that's just dirt and there's people flying by most of the time so when I wash it it lasts it lasts about a day, day and a half clean and then it turns brown. And that's why I would really like the the California car duster. That's my entry and thank you. And five stars and Mountain those parameters. Thank you guys. Monitor key engine parameters. Five star review. Five stars. You stepped on him right at the end. You didn't even get let him finish. I didn't need to. I knew who he was going to say. <sighs> anyway, uh, I'm going to sign him up for the California Car Duster because he's the only one who actually asked for it. So I think he's our number two. Right and if there. you hadn't said that, I was going to just buy him one and, and send it, it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I felt bad. All right. He's well, like, ah, after a day, after it's washed, it's brown. Yeah, it's brown. I love my cars. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Okay. Hey, Lightning and Holman, this is Kevin from Eureka, California. I could sure use a truck cover for my 91 diesel. It was my dad's. He died. Anyways, it dropped the valve, and it's been sitting about four or five years, and I'm starting to get rust on the top. I just don't know what to do. I've been working out of town. I just need to get the thing covered. And it would just be nice to have something to put over it. I've called you a couple guns in the past. You guys are awesome. Listen to you every week. And just put my name in the hat. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Five stars all day long. Ten stars. <laughs> Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Okay, so we've got uh, dead relatives, so plenty. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. keeping their trucks alive in, in their memoriam. Hmm. Okay. All right, Holman, I think it's time to uh, award our California car cover to one of our uh, our listeners. It's going to be one of the people who called into the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Oh, and real quick, Holman, I feel uh, a little gypped that um, you uh, you didn't give it your all this time. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five, 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 five. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. (laughs) You didn't even try. I didn't. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Anyway, so uh, I believe we're giving away an Ultra Weave car cover. That is California Car Cover's best cover. It's going to keep out all the elements, the sun, uh, uh, everything. It's going to keep your your ride looking as new as possible. So do you want to dial the winner? Uh, Yeah, I think we're uh, in agreement on this one. We are. All right, then I'm going to dial. I don't know if he's going to pick up, but... 
Uh, unless your number is familiar, which I can't imagine it is. Hello. Is this Rich? You've reached Rich. With oh. Leave your name and number and a brief detailed message. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. All right, let's leave a message. If you'd like, go ahead and send me a text message or email at rich. At uh, well, I'm going to turn that down. Yeah, turn it down. Here we go. Have a great day. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Rich! 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 Hey, Rich, you dialed the... Five stars! Five stars! Five stars! Hotline! And you left us a message talking about your son, Eli, and how he um, basically is the proud owner of your dad's... 75 Ranchero. Ranchero, yes. And also that he's got a 4.0 GPA, and I think we were impressed that uh, that you offered up uh, the car cover to surprise him for Christmas... And so uh, you're our winner. And this is lightning. I like the fact that you almost cried while you were talking about your son. Yeah, that that, that uh, uh, warmed the cockles of our hearts. Uh-huh. Do we have cockles in our hearts? Yeah, we, we do. What part is that? I do. You don't have a heart. Oh, okay. But uh, hey, Rich, so uh, we are going, we have your number. We will get a, a hold of you. Lightning will call you, and we'll get it all set up. Uh, sorry you didn't answer your phone. I know it's probably uh, late your time, which is late our time, but we decided to call anyway. All right, congratulations, and thank you for listening. Talk to you later. All right, bye. All right, how about that great conversation with Rich? <laughs> it was great. Oh, scintillating. I mean, he wouldn't hang up. It was yeah. like he was just going blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't stop talking. Yeah, Just on and on. Now that we have a winner, uh, for those of you who participated and didn't get the free car cover, uh, you can use our uh, discount code over at calcarcover.com. That was Truck Show 15. Truck Show 15. Truck Show 15 and, at checkout. And uh, they've got lots of stuff in stock. They'll make you uh, custom covers, all that good stuff. Thanks to our buddy Jimmy over there who uh, supports the Truck Show podcast and our listeners. And... Uh, Oh, what do you say we do some uh, news? Oh, it looks like someone dialed back. Oh, he must have listened to his voicemail. Is this Rich? What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's way less professional than your voicemail. Oh, man, you guys. Man, you made my everything. Not my night, not my day, my everything day. Oh, geez. That's awesome. Hey, hey, Rich, how how long's your beard now? Uh, It's about... About twelve inches, I guess. God, well, I, got, I got like six I'm, more I'm inches my, to go. Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, sure. no. Yeah, no. You have to keep growing it. Don't <laughs> cut it. Yeah, I might I, grow that beard. Uh, all right, lightning, you got it in. Leave it alone. Yeah. Leave the drops alone. Okay. All right, so uh, Rich, we were calling to let you know that you won the car cover for Eli, and uh, we just appreciate you being a listener for a really long time, and great story, and love the fact that you uh, were out promoting your kid, and uh, while you could have put a, a sob story in for yourself, you decided to do it for your kid, and then you almost got yeah, he almost sad, he almost wept eyes. talking about how proud he was of his uh, BYU going son with a four point yeah. GPA. Yeah, I, I am super proud of it. It is hard for me to talk about because I'm just so freaking proud of that kid. He just really is just remarkable. What are the plans so, for the uh, the ultimate plan for the Ranchero? Um, he really loves that Starsky and Hutch paint, but after, yeah. I talked to him, after I talked to him, I told him that if, if, uh, if, if he really wants to do it right, he just needs to either have it, have it um, like buffed down and then put a nice clear coat on it to keep that original color. Um, cause I just feel like that original color is just really awesome. It just does that car well, but maybe put some rallies on it. Um, you know, it's got the old, it's got the original steelies on it for now, but put some rallies, but he, he really likes that Starsky and Hutch or the, yeah, the Starsky and Hutch red and white. I mean, so I gotta be honest. Up. I kind of like the Starsky and Hutch myself too. But it's, so you're, it's yeah. got the, the stripe that starts thick at the back on the bed and, it ends and up then behind the cab yes. or the, yeah, like a scallop almost. Yeah. Awesome dude. Well, uh, Hey, congrats. 
Uh, text your contact information. I know we have it somewhere in email, but text your contact information back to this number, and then okay. uh, we will get it all set up uh, with uh, Jimmy DeFranco over at Cal Car Cover so we can get you the right one and all that stuff. Lightning will set that, that stuff up for you. Dude, I freaking love you guys. You know what? I just, I mean, my. my we love you back. Home, if you guys are ever up here, uh, the high boy needs a, a, a fun ride around. If you guys ever want to take it out for a spin or whatever, you you know, my home's your home. So I just. That's very kind of you. Appreciate that, brother. All right. Well, uh, thanks again. Thanks for participating. Thanks for listening to the show and always uh, staying in touch with us on social and uh, through emails and stuff. And uh, congratulations. Tell Eli we said hi and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. I will, guys. Thank you very much. You got have, it. Have a good one. Congrats. All right, brother. Thanks. You too. All right, bye. All right. Now that that's out of the way, Holman, how are you feeling about some truck news? Well, now I'm ready because I was ready before, but then Rich called and he interrupted it, kind of like you interrupt the show. Then we had to start over. We got off track, but now we can get back. So let's do some news, damn it. What's new? We need to know what's new in trucks. We need to know what's new in trucks. We need to know lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Uh, and I just want to say, Rich, that was not, uh, you're allowed to interrupt anytime. Unlike Lightning, who only gets five a show now. All right, uh, you, you were jibber-jabbering about something that you said you knew that you're holding over my head. What was Wasn't that Wasn't holding anything over your head. Okay. I, a few hours ago, I got what I believe to be confirmation about the power plant of the new Raptor R. Now, you have been saying, we think we know it's the Voodoo, right, which is the 6.2 liter? 5.2 liter supercharged engine out of the GT500. That's right. And I, but I... You said, I can't confirm it. And you've been saying, I can't confirm it for some time. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I got what I think is confirmation that it is that. And the rating will be over the TRX as we had all assumed it would be because Ford is not going to be okay with letting the TRX reign supreme. So now, if that's true, I'm having a dilemma. The dilemma I didn't want to have, I'm now having. Okay, and what is this dilemma? Do I hold out till some mystery date where Ford announces when the Raptor R is going to come out, or do we do I do I plunk and do the the TRX? Now the questions I think I don't have, but maybe you do, is the Raptor R is going to have basically the Raptor thirty seven guts. Right? Chassis. Chassis. By the way, it said GT500, GT350. Uh, GT, I was told GT500. Well, there's, I, I think there's a, uh, excuse my rustiness on the uh, on the car side. I believe there's a GT500 coming that is going to use a even more tarted up version of that engine. So, it's like 775 horsepower or I think something. it's 760. Seven, whatever. It's no, over I'm just 750. That, that's, that's what I'm thinking. It. I think that's what I remember it being was 760. So let's say it's 760, all right? It's more than TRX. Uh-huh. So that check that box. That's what I said. Hey, if it's going to have more horsepower, that wh- I don't need it. We all know I, need, I don't need it. But you know what? I, I, I'm going to spring for it. I think I am. But if I feel like the Raptor in, sorry, the, the TRX interior is better... The audio video system, the the audio system is better. So what's what's so your hang up? I am having a. I don't know when. Are you trying to figure out which vehicle you want to kill yourself in? I'm not going to kill myself in it. 
Are you sure? I'm fairly certain, yes. <laughs> okay, fairly I'm certain. fairly certain that I won't okay. die in it. Yeah. I don't have any idea when Ford will announce it or go on sale. I also don't know if you won't be able to get it for sticker, which I think if I bought a TRX, I think if I use your guy, I could get it for somewhere near sticker, right? Mm, no? Oh, you don't think so? I don't think so. Oh, really? Uh, okay, I just looked. The 22 uh, GT500 does have the 5.2 V8. It's, it makes five something in the uh, in the GT350, but in the GT500, it makes 760 horsepower and 625 on torque. So just to get that 760. out there. 760. 760. And I think they're calling this one the Predator, this version of that 5.2, the Predator. Okay. So that could tie into the Rapture stuff. And- I believe we think that that's the same engine that's going to show up in some other things. So is Ford going to do uh, to their lineup w- what uh, Dodge had done no, with the Hellcat? No, nobody's going to Hellcat everything. That was a special time in the world. Look, Ford's going to put it in a few places, right? They're going to amortize it across a few platforms. And just the way like Dodge had done with that Hellcat platform. Uh, so I don't know. I, I th- if if you're me, you know me, right? You may know me better better than I know me. Am I a, am I a Raptor guy or am I a TRX guy? Because I'm bougie when it comes to the interiors, and I feel like the I don't know. Do you think that the Raptor is going to keep the interior, or they're going to do major? They, they just redesigned the truck, so they'll have the exact same interior with some trim difference. Might have more real carbon fiber, real wood, real metal, but the dash is the dash. The seats are the seats. That, that's that's not and changing. If that's the and the case, Recaros and the Raptor are blue, and you don't like blue. And seats. if that's the case, then I then if it, if I'm basing it, here's the problem: you are the type of person who always wants the newest, greatest thing, and you yes. are in danger of missing out on anything. You're the guy that's always going to wait for the next big thing to come instead of the big thing that's in front of you right now, and then before you know it, both of them will be gone, and you haven't pulled the trigger. Well, hold on a second. You say that, but I have not owned a brand new car in uh, my wife. I, has. I'm not necessarily saying cars. Okay, I'm saying in general. Mm, okay, you're you're waiting. You, there's the next best things around the corner, so you're going to wait and go. Oh, I, I, I want guess that I just wanted. I, I wanted some validation. I wanted some confirmation. I should say about about the Raptor R. Like how we how, think that that's going to so be. So now that now we know. Guess. So now we know, and I'm having this crisis because I really it have my a crisis. From, is it? For, no, of course it's not a crisis. Of course not. It's a, just checking. It's a first world problem. You know what I mean? Um, I really like your TRX. And, I really like the TRX. And but I'm ex- I was kind of hyping myself up about a Raptor. About I've never owned a Ford. I've also never owned a Ram. So, so why not just get a Duramax and get neither? <laughs> I'm, I've Since done you're Mr. Duramax. I've guy done now. Duramaxes. I love Duramaxes. So why I not need, buy that truck? I'm not super. What? What? A Duramax? Yeah. I'm not super stoked on the interiors right now. Hmm. And I feel like I'm gonna. Yeah, have but the have new, this the new Silverado interior is coming out in two months. It's still not as good as the is is the you Ram. You haven't seen the new interior. I've heard you describe it. Yeah, but you haven't sat in it. Oh, true. It's pretty good. Is it better than the Ram? It's pretty good. The Ram interior is pretty much top of its game. But but the old Chevy interior was way way behind. How is the I'm do, so. I'm done f- swapping out head units and cars. Like as, I've done, as you should be. As I should be. Like I, I now want to get the best audio system that I can possibly afford, okay? And for my money, the Ram has the best with the 19-speaker system. If I were going to go get a Nissan, 
that the Fender is freaking awesome, okay? But Nissan doesn't make a super truck. Right. So I'm looking at the, the, the Ram. Okay. And they go get a Ram. It's available right now. You don't have to wait. You can find them out there. I guarantee you the Raptor R's that come out is going to be 20 or 30 grand over a sticker. So the, that is another The concern. same way the Broncos are right now. Oof. Okay. All right. Well, I'm leaning in that direction then. For the record, I'm leaning in that direction. All right. Believe it when I see it. I know. All right. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? How about new? I did not. Uh, Toyota had an event in Shanghai where they talked about an all-electric pickup truck, and the concept that was shown looks an awful lot like what could be the next generation uh, Tacoma. It merges what looks like the uh, Tacoma styling and the uh, Tundra styling of the new truck mm-hmm. into a pretty good-looking little truck. Let me see that one. Is that the blue one? Nope. It's the white one. Let me see that one. Oh, <gasps> Oh, that is cool. Wait a minute. Did you see earlier today, I saw what looks like a new FGA Cruiser. Did you see that one? Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't buy into those. I think there's a lot of people doing renderings and stuff. You think that's bogus? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. uh, We'll see about that. Uh, So Toyota's talking about uh, an all-electric version of, I would guess, the uh, Tacoma would make a lot of sense. Um, So I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. That blue FGA Cruiser that they showed was also at the same uh, Shanghai event. Uh, I don't know much about that, other than uh, I think they know what people you know what people want to see, and I, I think it probably uh, is a nice little tease, and I don't think it'll probably happen. Okay, I mean we'll see. Uh, I mean that segment's heating up again, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, hey lighting, did you hear? No, 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 no. No, I did not. The Tesla Cybertruck was uh, seen again, this time with some more changes, if you remember. This is the same one that we've seen around the streets of uh, Southern California? I think last time we talked about there being exterior mirrors now. And uh, there's some other changes that people uh, uh, have pointed out on this this, uh, prototype. Apparently, according to Motor Trend, the threat is based on YouTube drone footage of the Cybertruck doing track testing during uh, Tesla Cyber Day up in Fremont at the factory. Uh, and so, of course, forum members uh, jumped on it, and it looks like the front end is a little bit shorter. Uh, some say the top of the cab looks smaller, looks more narrow in the front than rear, but what's interesting is it's still a wedge, but the windshield appears to have curved glass now instead mm. of the uh, flat glass panel. Um, and uh, kind of doesn't look super clean where it meets the uh, the roof line. Um, and then uh, it looks like there's one single giant windshield wiper on the, uh, on the driver's side, and then it also looks like there is uh, some different changes to uh, the lighting on the front now and some kind of a fender flares. So it's a so, couple of like just things that are getting closer to production. I, I was going to say, are, are, is it conforming to regularness now? Well, I think it has to because, for example, uh, federal law doesn't allow for cameras for mirrors yet. Uh, as you know, lighting standards, for example, uh, we don't get laser lights here that you might get in Europe on a BMW or a Mercedes because they're not allowed. So, yeah, I think there's absolutely things that have to change in order to make it um, legal uh, to sell. And so it's still, trust me, it still looks very much, these are all little tiny things, right? But uh, it's one of those deals where you got to realize the concept can't be exactly like it. And and when I saw the Cybertruck way back when, it it wasn't ready for primetime either. You know, I gave a lot of input on what I thought needed to be thought about. And if you recall, the Cybertruck is something like 
15% smaller or 9% smaller than the prototype was, and so there's other changes. So, How far out do you think the Cybertruck is from being a reality, from being uh, rolling off the production line? I couldn't tell you. It's, it's Tesla, so who knows? I think with most manufacturers, traditional manufacturers, you have a pretty good idea when you start seeing prototypes, how far th- out things are. I, th- I don't think you have any idea. Tesla's a non-traditional manufacturer that kind of does their own thing. So really, your gut doesn't tell you a year and a half, 18 months, two nah. years? No, nah, there's no, there's way, no mm. way to know with mm. Tesla. Well, I mean, the crazy things have happened. Like, you know, we saw that the Toyota announced the, the Tundra and then two months later was on the, on the market. The, the auto manufacturers are doing some interesting, uh, you know, foot play. Foot play? Is that a thing, foot play? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that's weird. Know. So, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! I did not. Uh, Motor Trend announced their uh, truck of the year. Uh, hold on a second. Yes. I did hear that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Rivian R1T. And, yeah, uh, and, and so I had two friends that work for Rivian, and they both, like, posted it. They're like... All that hard work. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yes. By the way, like those said, two friends truck. haven't been on our show. <laughs> they have not been on our show. <laughs> have not. Have they listened to our show? I don't know. Do they know about the Rivian stuff I don't think they're actually my friends. I just oh. think I think they're friends and oh, not really you just my follow, friends. You just follow them on Instagram. No, I actually know. I have their phone numbers. And I think they would pick up if I called. Do you want to test that theory? Ah, the show's already two hours anyway. <laughs> um, I, that's Motor Trends Truck of the Year. Uh, pick a Truck of the Year. That is not Four Wheelers. We, we brought to you Four Wheelers Pick a Truck of the Year. Uh, we are not testing uh, battery electrics. They're going to be in a different class and a different test hopefully next year because four-wheeler surrounds all their stuff around off-road packages and two-speed transfer cases, which, of course, electric vehicles don't have. And the truck market, the enthusiast truck market, there's nothing ready quite yet for uh, for the off-road segment until Lightning gets out and Hummer gets out and Rivian's the only one out, so it's kind of hard to have a comparison with, with one truck. Motor Trend, because they're consumer-focused, a little bit different. They realize that at some point it's not going to be called an electric car or electric truck. It's just going to be called a car or truck as electrics eventually take over. Uh, so they mix them all in together now. We approach it a little bit differently on the four-wheeler side. So interested to hear what people say about it. But uh, uh, R1T is the winner for Motor Trends Truck of the Year. I got to imagine it's a little controversial. Uh, as I'm sure a lot of things are that uh, that, you know. I'm curious, uh, 657-205-6105 or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on that. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. 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 No, I did not. Uh, CEO of GM, Mary Barra, promises unmatched electric Chevrolet Silverado is on the way and that they are gearing up to go head-to-head with the F-150 Lightning. I can tell you more, but I can't until after January 5th. Embargo. You bastard. I think really? uh, 2022 is going to be an exciting year uh, for, I think 2022 will be exciting uh, for General Motors. So does uh, the CEO. Uh, they've got a bunch of EVs lined up, and I think uh, they're going to be doing some stuff at the CES show, Consumer Electronics Show really? in Vegas. And uh, I think uh, I can tell you more later after. Can you give us a hint? That hint. I cannot. I just think. It'll be cool. cool. Yeah. I had a feeling you'd say that. Uh, you can't it, tell us about uh, power, all the torques. You can't tell us about- hey, Lighting, uh, did you hear? Oh, damn you. No! No! I did not. You can no longer order lighting, so I'm glad I already have one. <laughs> you cannot because they're sold out? Uh, well, Ford closed the reservations, and so- Oh, my uh, Lord. How many uh, were booked? So apparently the reservations are closed, but you'll be able to order it if you put your reservation. If you didn't get on that wait list, mm-hmm. you're uh, you're out of luck for now. For how long? 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're saying that deliveries are going to be sometime, I think, Q2. Okay. Uh, so spring of 2022. So expect that that's production deliveries will be by the end of Q2, uh, early summer. But they had something like over or almost 200,000 reservations. Oh, my reservations. Lord. Yeah, there's, I mean, that, if you think about that, if they sell a million or so F Series a year, 20% of the hand raiders are interested in the all, all electric uh, lightning. That's pretty crazy. Do you recall, Holman, what the zero to 60 was in the F 150 lightning? Uh, it has not been reported yet because nobody's driven it yet. Oh, is that true? Okay. Why does everybody else get a lightning with electricity and I get one with monster in them? <laughs> Just a big old dud. Mm. That's disappointing. And you don't come with a frunk. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's a joke in there. Somewhere I'm going to leave it alone because- uh, I'm the one. I just insulted myself. No, How but can I, you have I, a joke on top of my own I, my self-deprecating oh, insult? I can. I can. Trust me. I, I I have those skills. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away from this one. <laughs> okay. It's just better that way. I don't think a joke on top of a joke is funny. Maybe it is. Hey, like, did you hear? <laughs> no, I did not. This just in: a joke on top of a joke is funny. Oh, interesting. Hey, uh, if you're interested in the new uh, Toyota Tundra, uh, you can go to Toyota.com and configure it and see all the different grill options they offer on that thing, <laughs> which is uh, many and plenty, and some look way better than others. Okay. Uh, great truck. Uh, very Toyota in some ways and otherwise uh, also very to- Toyota. So if you love your Toyota Tundra, you're going to love the new truck. If you love technology, I think you love the new truck. If you love your F-150, maybe. Really? Maybe. Okay. We'll see. Now, when you say technology, wh- why? What excels with the Toyota Tundra? Uh, the new powertrain. The new iForce Max, the twin turbo V6 and hybrid, freaking awesome! They did a great job. It's probably one of the well, better. I was when you say electronics, I was thinking like interior accoutrement. Uh, well, you uh, what I don't like is the big stupid giant block lettering that says T O Y, Toyota, O T A on the on the dash. <laughs> you almost forgot how to uh, spell I, Toyota. That's late, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just like I said, it's very bro. I think there's other versions of that truck I'd be mm-hmm. interested to. Does it experience. come with a, a pair of uh, black dicky shorts? Uh, no, but it does come with a flat bill hat. Or uh, does you. it come with black tall socks? Yes, it does. Or or vans. Uh, hey, easy on the vans, mm. Mr. Globe. Lightning, did you hear? What? No. No, I did not. You didn't. Uh, at the Bronco Nation on. Um, Instagram showed a picture of the Bronco, apparently uh, Everglades. It's a 35-inch tall tire package that has a really ugly snorkel coming out of it. I guess you'll be able to get a snorkel from the factory, and uh, it's. Uh, this is just them. This is, is this a feeble attempt to go after Jeep? No, I, I wouldn't call it a feeble attempt. I don't think anything so it's uh, an they attempt. do is feeble. Okay. Um, I just. Don't think the snorkel's all that uh, attractive, to be honest with you. Uh, interesting to see that they're coming at it. I mean, here's a photo of it. Okay. Well, just doesn't, like, my AV snorkel seems to match the body lines a lot better than the Bronco snorkel. Well, where's the snorkel? I don't even see it. It's right here. Oh, there it is. Oh, because it's in wrapped in camo. I see it now. I don't, I don't hate it. I hate the wheels, too. Well. The wheels are ugly. Snorkel, pretty A bad. lot of factory wheels are ugly these days. No, these wheels are really ugly. They're particularly ugly? Yeah, they're just, they're just extra ugly. Okay. Not not the 
I, not the best version of the Bronco that I've seen. I, I do applaud them for doing a factory snorkel. I think the closest to that is AAV or Toyota had their uh, their snorkel that you could buy, or they call it the uh, desert intake because mm-hmm. they didn't want to tell you to go uh, sink your truck into water. But uh, uh, this, I don't know, it's not, not great looking. So I don't know. We'll see. It also has an integrated worn winch on the front, which I think is super cool. And this is a much better, the early worn cradle for the Broncos um, stuck out really far and didn't look great. This looks a lot tighter to the body, and I think it's just a, a better version of that. So there's some cool stuff on here. I'll, uh, I'll, it, this one's wrapped in camo. Looks like the fender flares are a little bit different, and uh, it's it's neat to see Ford is already starting to uh, have new versions and things like that. Look, I don't know if, if you guys are uh, spread throughout the country. Uh, if you're seeing Broncos starting to pop up, I, I have seen. I've seen quite a few. Out only there. two. So me, oh. I'm just saying. Me. Yeah, I've, I've only seen them. two so far. One this morning, as a matter of fact, and I got to say that they are cooler in person. Like I don't think that the photos do them justice. When you see them in person, yeah, they're cool. They're 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 pretty impressive. The cool factor is still high for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't say that they're they're not cool. Uh, especially this one, the Everglades version is going to uh, have the factory winch, the snorkel, 35s. That's a that's a lot of good stuff for your money. And you know, if it's getting the factory winch, by the way, it's a uh, worn winch with a hundred foot of worn Spidera synthetic, which is super cool. It's a ten thousand pound winch, which is a lot for uh, for that vehicle. That's great. I think normally people do you know nine thousand or uh, ninety five hundred class winch. Uh, so it's probably the Xeon 10S, which is what I have on my Wrangler. Which has you know thirty sevens and a whole upfit. So for that to be from the factory, I think that's, that's pretty that's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So they're saying available summer of twenty two. So in case you're uh, interested in. By the way, that, it's only six months out, dude. Yeah. yeah God, is it December already? Yes, it is. You understand Christmas is uh, like next are, week. Are you finished shopping yet? Uh, wait, what? Yeah, I. Uh, by the way, I bought a bunch of uh, stuff. And then realized other people bought the same stuff, so now oh, I have to return that stuff. Oh, that sucks. So I'm no, I'm doing mad. what I do every year, and I'm going to wait till uh, Christmas Eve and then panic. Yeah, no, uh, it's not panic. It's it's gift cards. Yeah, I already told my wife I don't buy her anything but gift cards anymore because everything I've ever bought her, she's returned. Oh, and really? I said I'm not buying things for you anymore. I'm tired of you returning them. You either give me so, a very specific everything, like I bought her a, a sweater. She wanted a different color, but they made like the sweater in ten colors. And I found one that was everything. And her, and her mom's like, "Yeah, that one's perfect. That she love it." She's like, "I don't like this color. I'm returning it." Mm. I bought her, you know, a jacket once. I bought her a, a, a blouse. I bought, it's like I'm done with you. Like literally, <laughs> I told her, I'm like, "Like you get yeah. gift cards. You get Starbucks gift cards, and then like some like Ann Taylor and like Bloomingdale's, and then I'm done. With, I'm that's it." My I, my wife was having that difficulty with me, and I finally just she's like, "I don't. I'm not getting no. a chance." I'm like, so I just had to give her a list of things, you know, a couple of things like the like no. kids do, right? Well, that's what you have and, to do. But like my wife, I've given up on her in terms of presents. Like she just knows. I go, you you violated my you know sensibilities in buying you presents. I'm out. So don't ever expect me to put effort in. Here's it. the downside, though, for me about that whole situation is that my kids now think it's acceptable if dad doesn't get a gift for mom, then they don't have to. And that oh, that's sucks. wrong. Yeah, that's no, wrong. that's you need to beat them. That that sucks. With the so, rubber hose. Well, I, I got them, and then I like we sat down and we ordered some stuff online, and hopefully she's not hearing this, but they at least they got a couple of things. But I don't think they would have it if I didn't press them. When I was a kid, dude. I was getting all my, I was getting, I would go to my mom and go, hey, we need to get dad something. So we'd go to the mall and vice versa with my dad. Or I'd go hang out with grandma and grandpa and get mom and dad stuff. Like my kids, man, I don't even, it's not even a factor. For them, Christmas is a kid's day. 
Like, hey, it's when, hey, isn't Christmas when kids get toys? I'm like, you spoiled freaking brats. Wow, really? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, I did not. Doesn't that go on longer? No, I cut it off. I felt like it was too long. <laughs> it was too long. Uh, the Polaris Ranger XP Kinetic is a all-electric uh, UTV. So okay. side-by-sides are now going electric. What do you, that uh, what do you makes, think about that? That, that? I like that. I actually do like that because you're generally not doing hundreds of miles in a side-by-side. Uh, and I think the, the torque is a lot of fun in something like that. So I'm all about it. I also like when you and I cruised around the parking lot at uh, the, the company that will remain nameless. Uh-huh. And that I think that was fun, having that whisper-like acceleration. Okay. Uh, so people will be listening. They go, wait, what, what do you mean? There already is a Ranger EV. That's uh, in the 2022 lineup. Uh, and it runs off a common 48-volt electric architecture, makes 30 horsepower, it has a payload of 1,000 pounds, could tow 1,500 pounds. And you might say, what's the big deal about this? Well, apparently, uh, the Polaris Ranger XP Kinetic has – Polaris has gotten into a partnership with Zero Motorcycles. And it's sort of like a uh, – kind of it's a two-seater with like a pickup bed on it, you know, kind of the the truck version of a, of a UTV. More utility than passenger and go fast. Yeah, like uh, what are those things? Not mules. What are the what are mules? The, mules? Is that what it is? And okay. then uh, this one. So uh, you bump up to the larger three seat Ranger XP one thousand with a nine hundred and ninety nine cc two cylinder engine. That's eighty two horsepower and sixty two pound feet of torque. The twenty three Polaris Ranger XP Kinetic all electric drivetrain. It's one hundred and ten horsepower, one hundred and forty pound feet of torque. Uh, so it's the most powerful Ranger in the lineup uh, by uh, a huge margin. And then payload and towing capability are pretty close to the gas. So uh, 2,500 pounds of towing and 1,250 of payload. That's uh, more than some uh, midsize trucks. I was thinking that this is more like um, uh, taking out the sand dunes and the dirt. No, this is a workhorse. This is for around the ranch, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think you could probably go rail on it. looks like it's it got pretty good suspension. Says uh, that there will be uh, a couple of models. So you've got the premium and the ultimate. Um, the premium is a 14.9 kilowatt lithium ion, and the uh, battery and the ultimate gets a 29.9. The difference is uh, f- one gets 45 miles of range, the other gets 80. 80 is pretty good. Mm. 80, yeah. 80 range is pretty interesting. So no. both uh, come with onboard charging systems uh, and uh, combination level one, level two uh, charge cable. So you can go from 120 or 240-volt outlets. Um, I take it all back. I'm not on board. Not on board? Nope. I was thinking it was like a serious off-road machine, like I'm going to take it out in the dunes. Not interested anymore. Hmm. All right. Well, no. there's uh, what about the three distinct drive modes, Eco Plus, Standard, and Sport? No! Nope. All right. Um, how do the Ranger XP and uh, XP Kinetic compare? Uh, so if you take out the electric drive system... Uh, everything else is nearly identical to the gasoline counterpart. I guess 95% of available Ranger accessories will fit the new Kinetic EV. So you can still outfit it when you buy it uh, with the same stuff. And it rolls on a pretty uh, sizable 29-inch uh, Pro Armor tires mounted to 14-inch wheels. So it's got some good ground clearance. It's, uh, I don't know, it looks sporty. Are we still talking about the uh, electric uh, side-by-side? I mean, you know, are you are you, you out? That's it? I was out about a 45 seconds ago. All right. Lighting, did you hear? No! I did not. Uh, Lexus revealed a weird UTV that was a hydrogen uh, two- or three-seater for some reason. I 
It's nine, a nine. Uh, leather swath side-by-side powered by hydrogen from Lexus in a uh, UTV package. I mean, now. 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 Yeah, no. What? No. Now. I'm just not. No. 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 Yeah. Hey, did you hear lightning? Uh, this last bit of news kind of might throw you asunder. Good God in heaven, Ruby, there are just so very many ways for me to say this to you. Never, not in a million years, absolutely not. No way, Jose, no chance, Lance, yet, negatory, mm-mm, nah, uh-uh. And of course, my own personal favorite of all time, man falling off of a cliff. No! <laughs> no, I did not hear. So, uh, Toyota's, so uh, the 2022 Toyota Tundra uh, has these connected services. And if you uh, read the fine print, you can get them, uh, uh, a, I guess, a three-year free trial, one-year free trial, depending on the service level. Um, and there's basically four services. Service Connect, which is uh, Tundra three-year. Safety Connect, Tundra one-year free. Drive Connect, Tundra one-year free. And Remote Connect, one-year. Apparently, you have to pay to have remote start on your vehicle. Well, hold on a second. Do you have to pay for OnStar so you can remotely start your Chevy? I think you do. No, you no? don't. You can do it from your key fob. No, for the key fob, I know. But no, 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 this is. I think the key fob goes away and it's all connected. Like you have, they're upcharging you for features that used to be standard. Connected meaning it's on your phone. Yes. You're saying it doesn't have a key fob anymore. No, what I'm saying is you can't remote start it for free like you can now. I hope that's wrong. That's weak, if that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not paying. I, I'm so over subscriptions. Even this show, it's free. Too many subscriptions for me. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Everybody uh, unsubscribe right now. No. No, no. Jeez, no. wow. No, that, I distorted. I was a so, very strong no. Yeah, no. All right, well, that's enough depressing news for now. Uh, what do you say we get into? Uh... I think we're out, right? Oh, oh that is? That, that's yeah. the end of the show? Freaking Two hours long already. Oh, then yeah, that's, that's definitely done. I mean, a lot I had, of blathering on this. I had episode. more stuff, but I guess no, we're done. We don't, we're done with it. All you. right, great. <laughs> the truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. Or, or do you think we should actually finish with whatever you had there? I know. We'll, do, we'll save it for next week. You sure? Okay. Yep. Hey, uh, if you like the show or don't like the show, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We, if, we don't want to hear if they don't like the show. We're right. only accepting positive commentary. Uh, unless it's about lightning and how awful his drops are. And his control. His self-control. All right, at LBC Lightning, at Sean P. Holman, at Truck Show Podcast. 657-205-6105 is the uh, way you can reach us on the five-star hotline. We'll get to your uh, non-contest ones next week. And then, uh, of course, uh, you can reach us at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Love your emails. We'll uh, get some of those we'll get to uh, on the next episode. And just so you guys know... Are we taking one or two weeks off over the holidays just to pre- prepare our listeners? Oh, I I don't even know that I was aware that we were taking any time off. I just lined up Matt, one of our engineers at work, to talk to us next Tuesday. No, no, no. That's that's before. I'm just trying to warn them that it's coming. Okay. We're probably going to take a week off. So if you guys uh, are, are missing us between Christmas and New Year's, it's probably because we're trying to spend time with our families or something like that. But we'll be back. Spend time with who? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, those are the people that ask why I'm in their house when I uh, come home. That's exactly right, yeah. You know what's funny is I have left for work at about 6.40 every morning, 6.30, 6.40. And the last nine months, I've been getting home at about 9, 9.30, other than when I tape this show. Okay. I'd say that's dumb. That's not good. 
And I there are some people that are living in my home. <laughs> I'm not familiar with them. Uh, they do eat all the food you keep bringing home. Does anybody eat your leftovers? Like what? When you say bring no. I eat whatever is left over. Oh, I don't you're bring eating those they, people's leftovers. They are long since asleep so when they I get don't, home. You, they don't even know you're there. No. They just come and things are like moved around and there's stuff in the fridge is no, missing. No, I don't move much. There's less toilet paper on the roll. Uh, that might be the case. They're like, oh, what? So I, I, I thought I had a full roll yesterday. Things are just slowly disappearing. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What's yeah. that like? Not good. It's not so, good. So listen, let's, let's take, uh, we'll take one week off over the holidays and yeah. that way we can uh, spend time with our Hey, families. are we doing my birthday thing this week? Uh, I think so. You didn't get back with me. Uh, no, I didn't because I'm waiting for confirmation. I think well, uh, you're a dick. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I think that. So here's the. This is the wrinkle. Uh-huh. The wrinkle is it's supposed to rain. The it's day my. B- it's my birthday, by the way, on Wednesday. Uh huh. So on your birthday, we mm-hmm. were supposed to go do an activity as a family that looks like the rain may wash us out. Which in that case, we can do it on the Wednesday. Oh, well, that Other, would be otherwise we could do it on the Thursday. Okay, that's better. So I, that's what I'm trying. Oh, to Oh, the only issue is I have a, my kid can't get in. Can he? Your what? My kid. Uh, my my son. My both my sons will be here. Oh, that's good. I have to leave them at home then, don't I? If we do the well, thing how with old you. are they now? Sixteen, nineteen. You probably sneak them in. We could. Uh, well, nineteen-year-old for sure. Okay. Sixteen-year-old, we can just say he's eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Do we put like a wig on him and a hat and like have no, no, him no. Look, look down at the ground and just, talk like this? Just paint his hair gray or something like that. <laughs> be fine. Okay. Uh, are you buying dinner? or Am I buying dinner? I don't care. I'll buy dinner. Huh. I wasn't looking for a freebie. I just I like I don't want to go to the all all of our normal haunts, mm. right? The the places we normally eat and it's I I every year my wife says, "What do you want to do?" and I go, "I don't know." And then so nothing happens. So I thought, "All right, at least I'll choose somewhere different and we go to your spot." 51? How old am I going to be this year? <laughs> it's it's more than 40 and it's less than 60. <laughs> I just need to know how many candles to put on the cake. That's all. All of them. Fire marshal, permits and all? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, have a fire extinguisher right. standing by. So listen, guys, wish Lightning a happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, when you hear this, it'll be sometime during the week that this show's out. Drop a note, again, at LBC Lighting, or just leave them a message. Sing them, oh, sing them happy birthday on the five-star hotline. Oh, interesting. I would like but that. But your yeah. version of it, a truck, a truck show tribute happy birthday song. Hmm. Or haiku. You could do a no, lightning I haiku. Know. I do not like haiku. A haikus. sonnet. You could do a sonnet or a haiku or a I don't even know birthday. what a sonnet is. Isn't a sonnet like a piece of a poem? 657-205-6105. <laughs> we're, we're accepting sonnets, haikus, and, and birthday wishes. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like something else is going on. Oh, that's right. I'm going to that thing I can't talk about again. Yeah, Damn you are. It. Yeah. Hey, uh, we need to thank Nissan for supporting this show. Uh, Nissan, who has been so gracious to us for almost four years, sticking by our side, supporting the show, making sure that you guys have semi-acceptable content coming to you on a (laughs) weekly basis in the form of the Truck Show podcast. So if you're looking for a full-size, mid-size, a uh, a half-ton, a half-ton plus truck, whatever Holman calls them, he's making up names all the time, the Frontier is an amazing little truck. If you're looking for something to haul all the lumber that they offer at Home Depot, then you get yourself the Titan or the Titan XD. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business on the Titan and the Titan XD. You can build and price right now today at NissanUSA.com. And also, all you people driving around trucks and you're going, man, this thing has so much pedal lag. Step on it and it's got no Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Head over to uh, BakesPower.com because uh, you will find out that they have the Pedal Monster, which is a patented device 
that will uh, transform the way you interact with your drivetrain by remapping your pedal and giving you instant throttle response, so much so you'll think you put a supercharger or took a 1,000 pounds off your truck. It's going to make you giggle Dude, I'm smile. Telling you, it's awesome. Every person that I interview, and you've experienced it personally, every person that I have interviewed on camera after putting one in, they go, there's no other mod I can do for $300 that will have this much impact immediately. And, and until you try it, it's you. It's it's. I can't explain how impactful it is. It's like trying to describe sugar to someone who's never had sweets. It's like how do you describe that? It's that dramatic. You're like, this is the best cookie ever. Why have I never had sugar? <laughs> it's it's that good. So anyway, Banks has them for 150 cars and trucks. Yeah, if, basically anything modern these days, you're covered. You'd be surprised at some of the vehicles that are on the uh, the list that uh, the you know in terms of coverage. So head over to bankspower.com. Also comes with a free mobile app. You can control it off your phone or you can do it through uh, Banks' awesome little i-dash oh, gauge. Wait, you mean uh, you mean this little guy that I got you here? Hey, check that out. Look at this. This is for your TRX because I know you have one of these in uh, on your A-pillar, the i-dash in do. your uh, in your JL. Yep. So I would I've been dying to know what kind of boost your TRX makes. What, what kind of what is that supercharger actually doing under the hood? And I know that making it lots of awesome noises. Well, I know that it doesn't show it on the dashboard, so I figured let's hook up this uh, iDash after the show, and we will find out. All right, sounds good. All right, on that note, uh, we are out of here. So uh, we will miss you guys until we uh, talk to you again. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 